Welcome to the Degenerates Clubhouse, a place for less than distinguished gentlemen to discuss nonsense and fuck all tomfoolery. With your hosts Aaron and Armando. Honestly, who's going to listen to this? What a couple of stupid fucking cunts. Welcome to the Degenerates Clubhouse, take two. <laughs> uh, we recorded 15 minutes, but apparently our audio engineer extraordinaire Armando doesn't know how to hit the yeah, record button correctly. I sorry. mean, it's just, My it happens. Fucked up. It's, it's, he's, it's, he's learning. He's learning how to use a computer and do all the sound equipment stuff. And, you know, one day you'll get it, yeah, buddy. Don't worry. I know. Um, bad. Bye, But it's no big deal because we can, we can just do the, the first 15 minutes over. We'll do a little bit better. And maybe maybe I won't go on a random unnecessary rant and it'll only be 12 minutes. Too late. Um, so what we were talking about uh, in the first 15 minutes was a bet that we had placed on the previous UFC. Um, the the nature of the bet was not monetary because, I don't know, I'm not really about throwing money down uh, on fights, but something something to make it a little bit more interesting is, is welcome because my, my interest in some of these fights has, has waned. I'm not as a hardcore of a UFC fan as I once was. So when Armando told me that he'd put down a, uh, a financial wager... On the main event, I was like, "Hey, do you want you want to do something else to make it a little bit more interesting?" Um, and the 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 bet. Don't gloss over the most. Hold on, don't gloss over the most important part. It was a two fight parlay, and I picked Roxanne Modafferi, who's Aaron's girlfriend. Uh, yeah, that's what oh, I was getting okay. to. And then the other one was Michelle Watterson over Angela Hill. Go ahead, sorry. Well, yeah, I was gonna say the the bets. Uh, Involved our, our fake uh, respective MMA loves. Um, well, I guess, I guess my, I, mine's mine's sort of fake, but yeah, we, we said in the last time I'm like, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't say it's fake. Let me let me not <laughs> cl- close off a potential relationship with Roxanne Modafari. I mean, maybe I'm limiting what could happen. Maybe who knows? Uh, I go to to a fight card in Vegas when when you're allowed to attend in person and. We, we, we meet and hit it off and, and fall madly in love. You don't know. We don't know these I things. Wonder, so. have you, I wonder, have you – I haven't, but have you ever seen Roxanne Modafferi dolled up? Like, do, does she look good if she's fixed up? Or – I, I – <laughs> <laughs> um, That's fucked up. So, so I've, I saw – I've only seen one picture, and that's definitely not – it's like it's just not her thing. I mean, she, 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 she screams school teacher – like, like, well, you remember when you were talking uh, in another episode about going to a foreign country to teach a language? Yeah. Um, I think that's literally what she did in Japan. Mm-hmm. And, like, if you were going to imagine, some, you know, a, a sort of late 20-something uh, American woman going to Japan and, and doing that, it's like Roxanne Mafardi fits every stereotype of that you, you, you'd think of. Did you get my uh, – did you get – I sent you uh, – she – she did an Instagram post where she spoke to her Japanese audience, and I sent this to mm. you like on a Wednesday or Thursday. And I translation, yeah. she said, uh, "I love Aaron" or something. I forgot what I what I said. She she was she, she was speaking in, in Japanese. Uh, you know what? I'm sorry. That's my, that's my bad. I I did get that, and I was I was gonna take the video and actually like write like put in subtitles like that's what she was saying. Yeah, that would have been sweet. And then I, I forgot and, and didn't get around to it. Um, anyhow, so the the the, the bet bets were you know um, uh, involving my fake 
MMA girlfriend, Roxanne Montefari, and, and Mondo's fake MMA girlfriend, Irene Eldana. And it was, it was I, I said that um, if, if uh, Angela Hill won, I was betting on Angela Hill, then Armando would have to write a short ballad to to Roxanne Montefiore. I said only four lines. Yeah. That's, that's but I was gonna much. go eight. I was Not gonna go. Intense. If I was gonna lose, I was fully gonna go above and beyond. I was gonna write like maybe good 16, 20 bars of 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 Sting and the Police's. Ro- I was gonna write it, but the ode of Roxanne by Sting and the Police changed the words around, and then it was gonna, the the lyrics were gonna have something to do with Roxanne professing her love to you or something vice versa. I don't know. So I was gonna go. I was going to go above and beyond what was expected of me in the bet. I thought it had been funnier. Good good sure. content for the podcast. I was going to do it live here. Yeah, well, and that was the general idea that I had was was just to do something that would make for entertaining content and I think so in that in that spirit I think um you know the 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 idea I had was, or that that you had was uh, I would have to do some sort of Irene Adana inspired tattoo. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, "Well, I could either just draw, draw it on my arm with a sharpie, um, but I don't. I mean, I guess I could photo that, but um, I thought it'd be more entertaining if I was going to do it visually. Um, if I if I got into it with Photoshop, because I can get a little little yeah. more creative and out there, um, particularly if if uh, you know face or neck tattoos were involved. Because yeah. I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not drawing a face tattoo with a sharpie. Uh, I don't go out into public that much. But, but with the with the pandemic, but I'm not I'm not trying to, to rock a, a Rene Aldana face tattoo. No, it, in, uh, okay, let's get it let's right get now. it clear. It wasn't going to be just an Irene Aldana face tattoo. It was going to be an Irene Aldana kissing me. So you're gonna have a portrait of me and Irene's face on you. Is what I was hoping for at least. So you're okay. rocking another dude's face okay. in your chest is kind of kind of suspect. But it would have been great entertainment for me at least. Maybe the listeners. So, so that 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 was on the table. Um, just quick, quick sidebar. I I I think I learned an important podcasting lesson. Okay. Right now was that if uh, if if you ever if you ever lose audio, it's just uh-huh. gone. Don't try to recreate it because it's funny. This whole time, I was actually trying to remember, like, kind of the the way that we presented things. Because I remember, like, <laughs> when we did it the first time. I was like, man, like some of this was actually good because there, there was a whole like like kind of joke we had about um, uh, Michelle Waterson being your, your my side piece, side, my side piece, piece, and that whole thing. And I was like, at the time, I was like, oh, that was actually a pretty funny joke. And then the whole thing about not limiting the the relationship with Oxane, I was like, that that actually happened organically in the conversation, whereas whereas I kind of kind of forced it this time. And I was like, yeah, don't. I just learned if that ever happens with podcasting, fuck it. Just don't don't try to recreate it. Just just it's gone. It's like trying to. It's like it's like telling the same joke twice. Listen to me. You you do not force things with Roxanne. <laughs> you got to take them nice and slow and organic. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh my God. Take it nice and slow. So, so yeah, anyhow. you lost. So so Michelle Waterson lo- uh, beat Hill. S- sort of, sort of. I lost. We, we we talked about that probably more than we needed to, but on the the, the judges' scorecards, uh, one of whom was a complete moron, and the other two are suspect. They did have uh, Michelle Waterson beating Angela Hill somehow, um, which is fine. I mean, I'm not I'm not reneging on the bet. I'm not that. I, it wasn't who actually won the fight. 
And it wasn't who who messed the other person's face up way worse because that would be Angela I, that's Hill That's what sure. I was about to say. So to be fair, even though Michelle won, Michelle's face showed more damage than Angela Hill. However, where Aaron I, and I disagree is that I do think Michelle won the fight, but that's where that's where we disagree is that Aaron thinks uh, Hill turned it on the fifth round, won the fifth round, and did enough to win. I I, I I think that because I know how to score oh, MMA Jesus. fights, and I was actually closely watching it and scoring it as it was happening. And I was like, oh, she won. I, Easy. You know, sometimes when there's MMA fights, there there are uh, – I see a lot of people, like, especially if it's a robbery, like, oh, she was robbed or he was robbed, blah, 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 blah. Oh, it, w- it wasn't a robbery, not, not even close to a I, robbery. I didn't see any of that. He'll, he'll still won. <laughs> Okay, so anyway, Watterson won. So Aaron has to somehow do an Irene Aldana and Armando tattoo. I don't know. I'm going to be surprised. I, I'm going to be pleasantly, pleasantly surprised, I hope. Um, yeah, I mean, so I originally, in my in my mind, it, since I was using Photoshop, I was like, it, it has to be a face tattoo. Yes. Just because that'd be funny. But then you, you kind of had, had talked about a, um, a Conor McGregor-esque chess piece. Uh-huh. I'm like... Ah, uh, that's kind of funny too. This is going to take a lot of work because basically you're asking me just to do like a fairly elaborate tattoo design, which I'm like, yeah, that that tattoo artists charge a lot of money because those take a fucking long time to actually sketch out and plan. But I'm like, all right, you have all the right. skills. I, I will spend. I'm going to spend at least. Well, I'm not. I'm not that good at, at hand drawing, but we'll see what I can do. I'm going to spend at least an, an hour on this. I believe in you. That that is my pledge. I'll spend spend an hour. Uh, and then and then you can post it and tag Ernie Aldana and she'll be like, why is this random white boy <laughs> got a, a tattoo of of a of a of a of a Mexican guy and me on his chest? What is happening right but now? But see, that's going to be all the much more better for me to introduce and profess my love to Irene. Oh, and here, here's the thing. I, ha- I I get to caption it, but I can only use the limited Spanish that I know. I'll help you with it. If you need to, if you need help with a word, I will help you with a word or whatever. But it would be it will be I wonder, it will be great, I, I'm sure. I would I would guess the words for love are almost the same because in French it's just amour. In in Spanish it's exactly that. Uh and if you're trying to say I love you, it'd be like je t'adore. I love you. Je t'adore. That's more like adore. Yo. Te amo. Te amo. I love you. Te te amo. Te amo. Wait. Te amo. Wait, so how do you say like isn't isn't like my name is like miyamo? No, me yamo. That's what the word me the second yamo. word it has two L's in the beginning of it beginning of it. Yeah. yeah. Amo is two words, there's just it's just A M O. There's no double L's in the beginning of it. Te amo. God damn it, that's gonna confuse yeah. me later. Anyhow, um <laughs> so that that's one where uh I'm going to have to figure out what I'm gonna do before this episode gets posted, but in the future, <laughs> if we have if we have bets, you know, earlier than night of, that's actually something fun we could maybe post on social media, and we could let other people chime in on what the respective stake should be for the, the yeah. The so for all of our list, oh by the way, hold on, I've been calling our listeners. I didn't even ask you, Aaron. I've been calling all of our listeners uh-huh. degenerates. I, I don't know if you caught that. Like, hey, you de- de- degenerates. Hey, you assholes. Hey. You- yeah, I, I hope you're okay with that. If you don't like that, we can change the name of them to, of our of our mass following. We could change it to something else. I I think that I think that's fine. Cause it was funny. I was I was thinking about the name quite a bit because I was like I was like, man, 
I don't know really how much of degenerates we actually are, but because here's the thing, like if if you were to take a poll of uh, of people that that were familiar with our social circle in college, if and the poll was like, who needs to just lighten the fuck up and enjoy things? I think I would be number one I'd be, I'd, on the poll, and you'd uh-huh. be number two. Yep. yep. <laughs> so um, that that. In case I'm like, wow, are we really? I mean, and as far as like like true degenerates go, again in that social circle, we we were probably would have been at the right. bottom of the list. I'm like, does that really fit us? But here's the thing: this is what I was thinking. I think that name, um, and and you know, even calling people listen degenerates, it's it's sort of like uh, like Japanese businessmen will will always do business where where they can have a little bit of sake because. It, it, socially, it's like it's this like cue of like, oh, this isn't that serious. There was alcohol involved, you know. There, there's a little bit of, um, you know, in, in case something was said or people get heated, it's like ah, it's no big deal. We were having drinks. It's it's, it's this sort of little little disclaimer almost that's built into every meeting, and for for us, it's like a little permission structure where, hey, maybe we can say something. Right. That is a little bit off color. We can we can loosen up a little bit. It's the fucking degenerates clubhouse. Yeah. Assholes don't give us a hard time. It says it right in the name. Yeah, you yeah. So if we cross a line, uh, we fully meant it. But it was an accident. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> but yeah. So I've been calling our fans the dege- our, our mass following the degenerates. So for you degenerates out there, you our listeners, send us send us ideas, like like p- penalties, punishments. That Aaron and I can do the next time we decide to come up with a fight, um, a fight bet or something, or it doesn't have to be a fight bet. It could be a sports bet of any kind or whatever. But it'd be if you have some some creative, funny ideas, um, they're gonna go online. Like they're gonna, whatever whatever the penalties yeah. we come up with. Hopefully, no one says I want to see Armando streaking across his, you know, street naked. But yeah, don't. I yeah. think you're safe. No, man. I don't think I don't anybody wants to see that. But in the off chance it does happen. God, I hope nobody sees me streaking across the... Armando, if you had a list of 100 things that people wanted to see you do, I guarantee that would not be on it. <laughs> but if there's any other cool, like, uh, any other cool penalties you guys can come up with, trust me, we're going to post them on IG or, or Facebook or Instagram. Totally embarrass ourselves. For your entertainment. Not for ours. Well, for ours too, but mostly for, for yours. Technical difficulties. Technical difficulties. Hello. Hola, como estas? Muy bien. I don't know if that was my. I know my Wi-Fi on my phone acted kind of goofy, and I lost you somewhere in the middle. Yeah. But I just kept. I just kept talking. <laughs> I did a little singing too. It it just went uh, like a freeze frame of your face, and I I realized that. Um, so I, I realized it pretty pretty quickly, and then. I, I just uh, took a moment to still roast you for suggesting that people would would want to see you streaking. Good, there'll be audio there that we can use for sure. Only only just, Connie I, and Janine would 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 request that. Yeah, I, dude, I still remember that was such a good time. They, they were like, our lives could not be complete until we see Marmando. Oh wait, no, we've seen it. Okay, we can die now. No, to be to so I re- recall, Janine was not so impressed, but. Or no, it was Connie that was not so impressed. But Janine was like, "I'd be more impressed if you could drape the towel over your waist without using your hands." I think those are almost her exact words. Shout out to Connie and Janine. 
how they tolerated us, I would, I still don't understand. And uh, if if I had the handyman skills I have now, I would have done so much to soundproof things so they did not have to hear our bullshit. <laughs> yeah, poor them. We put them through quite a bit. Um, but they loved us. We were, we were. Look, to be fair, we were actually outside of the parties and the nonsense noise. But we, we didn't like. We didn't like outwardly disrespect them or like treat them like shit. Um, it was just challenging for them to have lived next to us. We were nice to them. We yeah. We invited them over to barbecues. They'd invite us over there to their house for their little barbecues and shindigs. The the the, the people. Well, especially that that first year, we we were very good. I think cordial neighbors to to them, and they actually enjoyed. It was like we were sort of like free entertainment for them. It was just yes. when they're like, "Okay, we want to change the channel." Fuck, we can't. <laughs> that was the, yes. that was the part. Exactly. So, like, yeah, other than the, the parties and, and just us being loud at like two in the morning when they're trying to sleep, it was kind of enjoyable and, for them. And I'm willing to bet that wave two and wave three of the guys that took over the house after I left and everything, it got progressively worse and worse mm-hmm. and harder for them to tolerate, especially with guys like, uh, well, other guys. I won't say names. I won't say. That, names. that was the other part. I still feel a little bit guilty about this because Connie helped a lot with building that that garage room. You know, she would like come mm-hmm. over and give me a little five ten minute tutorial. Okay, this is how you do this, and and you know, this is how you hang drywall and whatever. And the so and the the help was great. Like I wouldn't have been able to do it without her, but. The shitty part, and what I felt guilty about, was like, great, I'm, I'm using her to build this room, so I'm not gonna have to hear all the bullshit from the house, and I can sleep. But now, without me there to like regulate it, then they're gonna have to deal hear it even more. Well, again, when I lived there, I was the only one that had a full time job, so I I kind of had to be that quote unquote regulator. I did a shitty job of it. I- I, no, I did it um, a lot but, too, though. That was the thing. Yes, yeah. you had a full time job, but I was a college athlete. Like, and that was the problem. It was like, it's like, yo, I have fucking nine o'clock practice. We're gonna be like running sprints. Like, I need to sleep, assholes. Like, it's literally, like, I, we we had practice today. I when you're when you're when you're training, you're making little tiny micro tears in your muscle fiber, and. In order to get benefit from that training, you gotta sleep because that the only time those little tears in your muscles heal or when you're sleeping, like you fucks, like I need to heal right now. I can't sleep. Like it was, it was really frustrating. Yeah, I re- I recall they, you know, I'd get home from work five six, you know, five o'clock or whatever it was, and there'd already be people at the house drinking and having a good time, and I'm like, you motherfuckers, I'm I just want to take my shoes off. I want to take my tie off. I want to unwind. I don't want it. I don't want that craziness going mm-hmm. on. Um, but it was like to all the guys that didn't live in the house, it was like fuck you. <laughs> like, like they they didn't realize that we were the ones having to clean and live there and all that shit. So it was it was a challenge for sure. Well, and, that, and that was the thing for God, I don't know how this was a weird tangent, but fuck it, let's talk about it. Um, that first year for me, I mean, I. I I, f- I I felt like we were all in it together. That was that was for mm-hmm. me. So so it made all that other bullshit like way easier to sort of tolerate. And you know even even Bollocker of the group um, was definitely the most sort of carefree. Hey, I just want to party. Let's let's have people over, whatever. 
but I still felt like he was like respectful that he took other people's feelings into consideration. And if I really said to him like, Hey, I, I just can't have people over this night because of lacrosse or, or even anything else, man, I really need some help with something for the house. Like I need you to help me fit. Actually, I remember this specifically. I, I got like a different, um, I, I got a different attachment for the sink, uh, for, you know, just a different faucet, and he installed it. I'm like, mm-hmm. fucking value added to the house, but, you know, Christian. Like, thank, thank you. Yeah. Like, and it was just like little shit like that where I felt we were all in it together, and it wasn't, it, it wasn't so hard to tolerate. And dude, the next year when you guys were gone, I felt like I was in that shit by myself, and it was yeah. it was maddening because I felt like I felt like I, not only was I by myself, they wanted me to do all the annoying shit, like have all the responsibility, uh, and then have just sort of like go away when uh, they wanted to do dumb shit and party. Yeah, I remember uh, that first year. Um, we weren't the best at it by any means because we were we were what three four guys living in the house, but we did. Uh, a good amount of maintenance uh, around the house, you know, mopping the kitchen, cleaning the bathrooms every now and again, you know, taking the trash out, that kind of thing. Like, the things you're supposed to do when you live somewhere. But, um, yeah, when I came back to visit, like, a year or two later, I remember walking through the kitchen, it was, like, sticky. Like, yeah. the floors were all sticky from all the beer being spilled there and, like, no one giving two shits about cleaning. The grass was growing really long and, you know, all that shit. Well, I mean... Because, you know, that, that second year, like, I was supposed to come back and take my room back. And I can't, I don't remember, I really don't remember who it is. I, I This was something I hadn't thought about for years and years. It was, it was one of those ones where, like, it was annoying at the time. And literally, as soon as I built that room, I was just like, fuck it. I'm just going to go live in the garage room and just forget about all this. But but thinking back, I, was, I remember I came back. They knew I came back. Like, I had to come back. I'm on the lease. Like, dickheads. Like, mm-hmm. none of you are, are legally allowed to to be living here. So, so I come back and they're like, and whoever it was didn't want to move out, and they they were like, no, no, we can't afford to pay that much rent if he leaves. Which I'm like, okay, so that you realize this is a completely illogical argument because there were there were you know I think three of the men, and you're paying rent now with three of you, and if I'm there, it's three people, so it doesn't nothing changed. Like, yeah. Anyhow, um. But that that whole time I I was I was building that room like I'm you know I was I had to sleep sleep either on the couch or uh, you know sometimes I would just sleep in the the fucking workspace in the garage and I rem- I do remember I was very not not pissed I was just like frustrated because because I was being treated like I was a you know some sort of like bum like invading their space and I was a freeloader I'm like you assholes like this is my house none of you are on the lease. Like I'm literally the one sending the rent check in and I'm spending my money to build this garage because you didn't want to move out and you said you can't afford rent. Like don't treat me like I'm a fucking bum, dickheads. Yeah. It was frustrating. But like I said, as soon as I finished the room, I'm like, you know what? Like whatever. I, I, I It's not worth getting worked up about this stuff. Um, and I just, I just kept to myself. But I think as we saw play out in some events that year w- where – I thought I had just put it past me and uh, I was not holding <laughs> grudges or animosity. Perhaps there was some, some you know, uh, anger or, or resentment that I, I had, not, you know, not really internalized and dealt with that 
was presenting itself in some, depending on who you ask, productive or unproductive uh, manners. I don't know. Just, just theoretically. Oh, those are good. Times. Hashtag, I regret nothing. <laughs> Hashtag broken windows. Uh, do you have any good, like, can you recall any, like, whether they're big memories, little memories, little, you know, do you recall any good things that happened during the course of the time you were living there? Like, any cool little moments or memories? With that, that second year or the first year? Either one, either one. Just your your entire time there. Oh, ton, tons of stuff. Even just from that first summer. I mean, so I remember, um, like, one of the really cool things, and this is, this is again, you know, speaking, um, you know, about about neighbors. And th- this one stood out because I didn't have as much interaction. There was a guy who lived across the street from us named Paul. I think his name was Paul. Um, sure. And he, he and Lawrence and I and then a, a female friend of his all went rock climbing. Um, oh, cool. And then, like, we came back and he, he, he grilled, like, the best fucking hamburgers I've ever had in my life. Like, that was really cool. Uh, and then, again, it was, I mean, that was sort of like... Um, that wasn't the whole house, but it was like Lawrence. Um, I remember that. I remember the day that you made avocados. No, guacamole. Guaca- sorry, you, sorry, sorry, sorry. Let me like fuck that up. That that you you harvested avocados from the tree in the backyard and used it to make guacamole. And uh, again, like just the the idea of having an avocado tree was crazy to me at the time because like I grew up on the East Coast. I'm like we don't have fruit trees and and things in our backyards there. Like. Like holy shit, that was and it was really good guacamole too. So that that was great. Um, I remember there, this. This is a random one. This is a kind of a random memory, but it was like I think you guys were doing. It was like a morning keg or it was something, and I was trying to sleep, and these two girls. I still don't know who they were. They were having a conversation like, or immediately outside my bedroom window. Like they might as well have been just like pressing like their cheeks up against the glass. Cause I felt like they were in the room and they were trying to remember. They're like, it was like, yeah, like, you know, there's that word where it's like one half of one word, but then there's like the other half of another word. And then they're, and they were trying to remember it. And then like, at that point I'm like, all right, well I fucking know what they're talking about. I might as well just go outside and explain to them what a portmanteau word is. And that's what it's called, and and I was like, explain it's it's portmanteau is is French for suitcase, and it's like it's like kind of like the two halves of a suitcase, and you close it, and it's the whole word, and and then I just went out and just enjoyed the morning morning keg, even though I'm like fuck, like I need more sleep. Um, <laughs> that was a good memory. It sounds like a shitty one, someone keeping you up. Yeah, but it was kind of fun. It was for whatever reason that whole conversation. I went from being pissed about hearing people. I'm like ah fuck it, like. I'm awake, like, I'll, I'll go out and, and enjoy it. Um, and and you're, you're asking memories specific, like, to the house, right? Sure. Um, no, I guess the other ones were more... I remember the first time we went over to Connie and Janine's, like, little backyard area with the hot tub, and we were just, like, chilling there. And um, and I just remember looking, like, like, again, like, seeing, like, wait, you fucking built all this? Like, I'm like... They had an impressive hot tub setup with the little uh, projector screen thing. That was a fucking. I think they might have added that later, but it was it was the whole it was the whole thing. The deck, like the woodwork that they yeah. built around the hot tub. She did all the brickwork. There was there's really like a really nice little brick pattern she done um, below the hot tub. Like that whole backyard. I mean, she just spent uh, a lot of of uh, sort of lo- loving, you know, care and attention to, to detail. Um, that I remember. That really I remember. Uh, 
I remember when when we first moved in, it was you, me, Law Dog, and then eventually I think it was Ballarker that moved in, or somebody else, fourth person. But for the first summer, it was just the three of us, and um, you know, we're three fucking dumb college students. Yeah, me having just graduated, you know, not, not that we know how to cook or anything, and uh, I, I really didn't palm- know how to cook. No, we none of us did, and. Um, some local Palmers, and I forget which which Palmers to be exact. I I feel bad for forgetting which ones of them it were, but a couple, two, three local Palmers showed up with like this ginormous tray of like ramen with like chicken in it, and I I just remember like the three of us that lived in that uh, place like worshiping that food for like a week until it was gone because it was like the best fucking food. It was just like fucking ramen with chicken in it. God, somehow but it I was so bomb. I remember that. Yeah, no, I do. I, I, I remember that. Um, I remember another good one I had was when uh, Bollocker graduated. Um, you know, his pop and his mom and some of his family were coming over, and we decided to have a bunch of guys over in the backyard. We may have invited, like, other society chicks, too, or something. And um, I just spot, I just spent, like, I don't know, 150 200 bucks on carne asada and, like, had it all marinated in beer and all this like my secret recipe stuff and cooked a bunch of food made some more guac and it was just like a ginormous spread of food and everyone i remember uh i remember brian uh 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 um dad like you know not necessarily grilling but was like hey what do you, how do you do this how do you cook this what kind of meat is this blah, 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 like asking me a million questions and i'm like no 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 you're not gonna get my recipes but uh yeah, that was a good time I had a couple other ones. Um, of course, like the week of moving into the house, the whole senior march, me getting hammered and getting like, you know, Hershey's chocolate syrup all over my face and all this crap. And then being so hammered and trying to get all this shit off me, I jump into the shower. I decided to step onto the porch all half naked except for the towel around my waist. And that's when uh, that's when we introduced ourselves to our neighbors. <laughs> Got it. Con- Connie and Janine. God, it, it is funny. Like, I hadn't had that question of what, what are, like, good memories you have specifically about the house. Yeah, it does seem like the overwhelming majority of memories I have around the house are, are negative, unfortunately. Um, oh, that sucks. One, one of the ones that, to me, to me, like, in hindsight, it's just sort of funny. It's, like, just sort of uh, a, a, a neutral memory was... Um, it would have been, it would have been the second year and, uh, I was trying to finish my senior thesis and I was like, fucking like, I have to get this shit done. It was like absolute crunch time. And there was a party going on in the house and I'd done a good enough job. Like, you know, I, I insulated all the whole, all the walls with fiberglass and everything. So it was pretty well soundproof. So like, I could just hear like a very faint buzz of the party and it wasn't really distracting me at all. But I kind of got to a point where I'm like, all right, like I want to take a break. Like, fuck it. Like, I'll just walk in and see what's going on real quick. Just to, and then I'm, I'm going to go back because like I, like I have to do this. And again, and this is kind of what we talked about earlier when you said I had like anti-game. Again, I, I, I really think I did um, <laughs> because a lot of it was just like just being nervous, like not being like, fuck, am I going to say something stupid? And like, yeah, when if, you, if you go into a conversation and you just have a bunch of nervous tension and you're, you're really monotone and you're not like saying what you think or expressing yourself. Yeah. People are gonna be like, what the fuck is going on here? Um, 
But that night, I just didn't give a shit. I'm not like, I wasn't even trying to interact with any of the people at this party. I'm like, I'm just taking a quick break and I'm getting back to my studies. I don't know who these people are. It wasn't, um, it wasn't like a society or anything like that. Um, I was just like, fuck it. And it's like, I'm just like wandering through the party. And then unquestionably, the hottest girl there just starts talking to me again, just no fucks given. I'm just, I don't even know what I was saying. I wasn't really paying attention to the conversation. Just like chatting. I was like, all right, well, I'm going to go. And she's like, what do, you, what do you mean? Where are you going? And I was like, oh, I, I live here. She's like, you do? Where's, but I thought I didn't see you. And I was like, oh no, I built a, a, a room in the back. Like I have my own little studio. She's like, oh, can I see it? I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I guess. Like, I'm busy though. Like, she's like, okay, and she just like follows me back there. I remember thinking, like, God damn it, like that was the easiest. I mean, I, I literally wasn't trying. I really would rather she went away right now. Um, this is insane. And like, and she follows me back to the room, and I just start working on the thesis because I was like, I was really like fucking focused. I'm like, I, I've, I'm on page like at that point, I was on page like 85 of 100. I'm like, I've got fucking 15 pages to go. I need these done tomorrow morning. This is going to be all nighter. And her her friends show up and they're like, oh, what do you, we, we, where'd you go? We're like, we're going, you have to, we have to get you. And she's like, oh, no, 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 I think I'm staying. And they're like, oh, are you sure you're staying? She's like, yeah, I think I'm staying. I was like, oh, no, I think, I think you're going. And she's like, oh, wait, I'm going? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I think, but, I think uh, you are. Like, they're going to really miss you. And she's like. Oh, okay. What? And she just had this extremely confused look on her face where I was like, and in hindsight, I'm like, let's be honest. It was not going to take that long. (laughs) (laughs) I'd I'd already wasted 15 minutes at that party. I could waste five to 10 minutes more. It would have been fine. (laughs) And let's be honest. That's, that's, that's being generous. It would have been, you know, a few minutes and then like, a couple minutes of like, oh, I'm sorry, I don't. <laughs> you just gotta say, you just gotta tell her afterwards. There will be, there will be no cuddling. I got to get back to this thesis. Yeah, I. Sorry, sometimes that happens when I'm I'm stressed about senior theses. <laughs> it just, it's just a thing. It normally never happens. <laughs> which, which, technically, technically, that normally never happens would have been true, just not in the context I was presenting it. But yeah, I just, I just. <laughs> I kicked her, kicked her out of the room and kept writing that the sucks. thesis. And that's when we're like, I look back, I'm like, ah, oh, you fucking dumbass. Pat, 20, however old was, 22, 23 year old me, you're a fucking dumbass. I got, I got majorly, majorly cock blocked by a fucking dumb drunk Aaron Lizer, or Eric Lizer, sorry. Um, I went on a date with one of my um, uh, friends at the time. Like, a, it was kind of like a not completely platonic friend. Um, we'd been friends in like high school and, uh, we went on a date and came back from the date and it was like, look, when I say it was on, it was on, we were going to go in the room and we were fuck around for sure. Absolutely. Without a doubt. And my door's fucking locked. The door, to, the door to my room is locked. What the fuck? I start knocking and then out comes a half asleep drunk Aaron, uh, Eric, uh, Lizer, And he's like, Oh dude, I just take, need to take a nap. Like, no, 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 dude. You don't understand. I'm about to, I got a girl, I need my room, go to sleep in another fucking room, you asshole, and uh, the girl was patient enough, 5, 10 minutes, 15 minutes later, she ended up going home, like, so yeah, totally got caught blocked by fucking Eric Leiser, that piece of shit, anyway, um, 
Well, not that I have any resentment. It's better. It's better than getting cock blocked by yourself. <laughs> true. True. You're Cause, right. Because there'll, there'll be there'll be times where, uh, you know, Eric Lizer is not there to cock block you, but there if if the the problem is you, unless um, you have a, a strange out of body experience or. or uh, you you have issues with blackout drinking. There's never going to be a time where you're not there to clock block yourself. Yeah, good times, good times. That that was this is unrelated, but that is a very funny John Mulaney bit, um, where he, he's a comedian and uh, he talks about like he 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 had a problem he you know with blackout drinking, uh, and he's like he's like he used to drink a lot, and he's like he's like I know. That sounds crazy because I I don't look like I used to do anything. I look like I just sat in my room eating saltines for the last twenty years. But <laughs> he he was he was and he's saying he's like the most disturbing. You know he would blackout you know uh, drink and he'd wake up and he would be down all this money and he's like he's like that was disturbing. What was more disturbing was when I'd blackout drink and I'd wake up and I would have more money <laughs> because that means. I passed out on my feet and then I exchanged goods or services for money. <laughs> um, and I was like, I was like, but it's like, yeah, my, my game in college probably would have been better if uh, blackout drinking was an issue I had, but no, most, most of the time in the, in the house, it, it was, uh, it, it was more stressful for me than anything. Like most of the memories I have, you know that that are those long term memories were were around parties or events or things at at the house, and part- particularly the parties. There's always this little underlying amount of stress for me because I felt I'm like, fuck, like I have to make sure that nothing really bad happens. Like I can't actually drink that much. I mean, I did. I think I did a couple times, um, but it was really only probably that. Like of all those parties, I would usually have like like one or two beers and stay. Basically, the the designated let's not get someone fucked up and ODing in the backyard guy. Let's let's not have the cops come here ser- seriously. Where uh, I'm going to end up in jail. That that was a that was a a, a motivation for for me because I was always I was always just like aware that if something really fucked up happened, it, you know, it was going to be um, me and you that would have to pay the penalty. Yeah, it was you and me and your dad. And my dad. Oh yeah, and my dad. That was the other part. Yeah, like they they could fucking sue him. I was like, great. Like, I think I think more than me getting in, in trouble actually than anything. I was more I was worried about that coming back on my dad. I'm like, he he did us a courtesy to help us get that house. I, I do not want to get him sued for hundreds. Well, we of thousands did end up getting sued. We did end up getting sued. Not actually. We got served with a, with a, a letter, and then we're like, fuck okay. you, you're crazy. And he's like, what? Who? Yeah. Yeah, our our, uh, our our landlord had legitimate brain damage, yep. and tried to suit us and then forgot. Wow, this was a whole whole tangent. Um, so anyhow, okay, I like that tangent. Anyhow, um, I I will I will do that that uh, that Photoshop. Um, so so you you hopefully you move one step closer to your, to your the MMA girlfriend that lives in your head and Renee Aldana. She's she's so pretty. I, to me, she's pretty. She's pretty. She's athletic. A.S. Muy Bonito. Bonita. 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 Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unless. <laughs> Chris, 
Chris Cyborg es muy bonito. Chris Cyborg es muy bonito. Damn, Chris, that's a burn. Chris Cyborg, don't, don't at me. Or Chris Cyborg's manager. Uh, sorry, Bonita. Yeah. She's a nice lady. Once again, I'll bring. I'll remind you that I met her, took pictures with her. She's a very nice lady. I'll remind you that she has male hormones. Yep, for sure. Um, and, and go ahead. You, you you take male hormones, and I can say you're muy bonito. Sure. Uh huh. For 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 anyone who did not catch my my attempt at a stand up bit, uh, words that end in O in Spanish are almost all masculine and words that end in A are feminine. So uh, you would you would not refer to a lady as bonito. You would be bonita, which was the error that I made uh, just earlier. Anyhow, um, f- uh, well, so in the upcoming card, there there are two two guys who are neither bonita or bonito, if you ask me. It, I don't know. Colby Covington looks kind of a Colby Covington can be a pretty guy. Like he's like a pretty boy. <laughs> Why um, give me that look? So sorry. Let me let me try to verbalize what's happening. Uh, Armando said that Colby Covington could be a pretty guy. Something in my stomach like shifted. Like like um. Like you ever see those, those uh, National Geographics where just like a whole chunk of something falls into the lava flow? I felt I felt like there was like a churning in my stomach, and then I, and then I was fighting uh, a sort of a, a, a urge to vomit a little bit. And um, Colby Covington really evokes no positive emotions for me. Nor do I think he's he's a particularly uh, attractive guy. But he would look <laughs> way better if he did not wear five dollar suits from Kmart and moccasins, like and a MAGA hat. He he legit he legit went for a photo op with the president. It was him, uh, Dana White. It was it was yeah. It was Colby Covington, Dana White, Henry Cejudo, and Ali Abdelaziz. Which I'm like, that's I think Justin Justin Gaethje was. There oh, Gaethje too, was there too. You're correct, and. Colby Covington wore a $5 Kmart suit, a keep, not make America great, a keep America great. Because he was like this pinnacle of like unemployment and pandemic and like all that. It's like, we want to just fucking keep this party going, assholes. Keep America great. Let's go. And he wore goddamn blue moccasins. Blue moccasins. They matched the suit. They matched the suit. They didn't at all. Didn't didn't he wear a no. They match they matched Gaethje's suit and Gaethje's shoes matched Covington's suit, but regardless, it's mm. like don't wear goddamn moccasins to meet the president, even if that president. Well, you know what? I, I retract that. You know what? You can wear whatever the fuck you want to meet Donald Trump, but um, they were loafers. They were loafers. But if if your goal is to impress Donald Trump, that that is not the way to do it. Like you need to wear like ridiculously expensive gaudy things for for trump to you know think that you're cool the man the man you know the man loves fast food so i don't know maybe he doesn't give a fuck i don't know who knows yeah he loves fast food but he does not like poor people uh i don't know there's an irony there no he doesn't poor people don't have money to give him he likes his relationship with people are very transactional so he likes people that can lead to him getting things that he wants and if you're mm. poor, that doesn't – a single poor person doesn't translate to anything that Trump actually wants. So so don't present yourself as, as a poor person to Trump. He's he just he's not going to care. 
So Woodley Covington. I'm so here. So 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 this leads into to what I actually kind of did want to talk about. This is me giving uh, Colby Covington some managerial and career advice. Um, and these these are both guys a little bit of a uh, maybe a crossroads in in their career. I think Woodley possibly more so than Covington because of age. Um, and man, a lot of a lot of things playing in this fight. Because uh, I wasn't, I wasn't bringing Trump up just out of the blue. Like Trump, <laughs> Trump, like the the whole Trump MAGA angle is something that Colby Covington has played up a lot to promote his fights. Um, he 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 started this whole part of his career, you know, this 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 section of his career by referring to Brazilians as filthy animals. The whole country. Mm-hmm. Which that's something where like if you said Brazilians are filthy animals, who said this? Donald Trump or Colby Covington? I'd be like, ah, I remember Covington saying that, but I have to think about it for a second. Um, yeah. It was a very sort of Trump esque tact, and he's he's been been sort of playing that aspect up a lot. And Woodley uh, has not taken kindly to that shtick, so there's been a whole back and forth between them, separate from the fighting and trying to punch each other in the face. So. All this, this sort of baggage is coming in this fight. Strike Force Woodley would have demolished Colby Covington, but former UFC champion Tyron Woodley, I I don't think he stands a chance in in the fight at all. My opinion. My I mean, sense. he 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 still has a puncher's chance. Um, sure. The but he but but if he's going to be a hesitant puncher, well. You know, there goes his chances. Woodley's got a couple things working against him. First, the well, and and they're 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 intertwined. His whole game was predicated on having devastating, explosive, one-shot knockout power, and all the repercussions of that. So, a, a lot of Woodley's game only worked because he had that big of, of punching power. And his opponents knew he had that much punching power, and he was able able to effectively scare them off and keep them at bay with just the threat of that one punch knockout power. It's like you have to respect that punch, and or you can get caught and the fight can be over. And that was largely true. Like opponents did have to do that. I mean, we saw you know, even with Stephen Thompson, who who I really think arguably is still the best striker in mixed martial arts, uh, if not the best, still one of the best, and was having a lot of success in the first fight and still got caught with that punch and it was almost over. Um, but if you, but the problem with Woodley, the whole thing, if you don't respect that one punch, if you're able to just stay in range with Woodley and keep going after him and he doesn't land that one punch, he gets absolutely fucked up. And... Even prior to being the champion, we saw that when he fought Rory McDonald. Rory McDonald was like, "I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna back up. I'm just gonna get in in punching range, not in the pocket, but like where I can jab you and just punch you in the face over and over again. And I'm just gonna sit there, and I've got longer arms, so I can hit you and you can't hit me. I'm just gonna fucking jab you in the face over and over and over. And he just fucked Woodley up, like that. That. Yeah. To to this day, I mean, that is one of Woodley's worst losses ever, um, and the problem is, 
now Woodley's older. He's had some surgeries. Like he just got off of shoulder surgery. He's not. He's definitely not as explosive and powerful as he was. He's still explosive and powerful, but that like chink in the armor and people seeing other fighters having success, they're just like, oh, I don't really have to respect that one shot knock knockout power as much. And when they don't do that, the whole rest of his game just sort of falls apart. He also has a kind of sort of other outside distractions too. I mean, he's had his his stint in his rap career that is probably never going anywhere. Yeah. He's uh he's been a kind he's, of a He's not a good rapper. Broad, he's kind of been like a broadcaster commentator guy on certain yep. uh Yo, si- si- side note, I want to ghostwrite for fucking Tyrone Woodley's rap career. Do you really want to help propel that uh, shit It'd be show? so fun. And, and this this is the other thing. This actually this ties into to their, their personas. Um, Woodley's whole persona, it's, it's a really common one that you see people try to, to affect an MMA is like, I'm a fucking tough guy. I'm like, I can, I'll, I can beat anyone up. Like this is very like middle school sort of like tough guy thing. And again, in Woodley's case, I feel like he does legitimately have a chip on his shoulder and that's understandable, but his, his big quote unquote big hit single was, uh, was called I'll beat your ass. And it was just him being oh, saying, I heard it. I'll beat your ass over and over again. And I was like, no, dude, like, you could actually have a song with that same title. And e- even even that as part of the hook, where it was sort of, like, really interesting. And it's, like, talking about some of the feelings he has and where that chip on his shoulder comes from. And even some of maybe the insecurities he has going to a fight. Like, that could be an interesting kind of funny song. But if it's just a song about how you're a fucking tough guy and you're going to beat somebody up, it's not interesting at all. And I want to go no. straight. And um, I, I, I actually, let me see if I can pull it up. I've, I've, I've you're a, you're more optimistic for Tyron Woodley's rap abilities no, no, than if, I am. I, if he has I, my help, hold hold on. Okay, because only if he's got you. So so I'm gonna I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna shout out a a inst- two Instagram accounts. In fact, uh, the f- the first one was was from Grappling Science. Uh, the guy the guy's like a wrestler, and he makes he makes. A lot of MMA memes, but a lot of them will be grappling and wrestling based. But he, <laughs> I don't know where these came from. He found photos of Ariel Hawani, who is a, a uh, notorious MMA journalist. And for whatever reason, Ariel Hawani is like wearing a, a hoodie. Um, uh, in one of the photos, there's one with him a different hoodie, and he's sort of like half he's half kneeling, squatting, and. It it look it looks like it looks like stage photos that a rapper would take, and he just captioned it, wow. "Dear Dana, I wrote you, but you still ain't calling," and it, that was his meme that he posted. Uh. Uh, and I was like, I was like, oh, oh, you're making uh, an allusion to the famous song "Stand" by Eminem. I I I'm picking up what you're putting down, grappling science. I'm gonna run with that. So I wrote, I just did a little parody of that, and I didn't. I just reposted his, and my caption was. Dear Dana, I wrote you, but you still ain't calling. I posted on your Twitter, IG, and Facebook wall, and I think trying to ban me was kind of rotten. I haven't forgotten, but no problems, man. I even started a pod with your corporate champ. I can push any fight you demand. Commoner versus a shaved orangutan? Oh, shit. 
That's Brock Lesnar. You got so pissed when I scoop your presser. I get it, dog. You're under pressure. You owe the bookies and investors. But really, I don't give a fuck, G. Now that I'm ESPN, your bald ass can't touch me. Anyway, I hope you, th- you don't think I'm terrible. Hit me back just to chat. Even if you're unbearable, this is Ariel. And I was like, God damn it. I'm a lyrical genius. I'm like, like... W- a couple months of, of, of writing more memes like this, I could, I could be the next Kanye West. That's what I think. Uh, okay, sure. <laughs> Agree, disagree. Agree, disagree. I, I just, look, Tyron Woodley's a fighter. Stick to fighting. Um, well, that's, I, uh, that's just dumb. Like, oh, sorry. Let me, let me, I'll let you finish. Go ahead. I was just going to say he's... I, go I go ahead with don't. your terrible opinion. Finish it. Don't, don't let me influence <laughs> what you're going to say at all. <laughs> I, I think I think no no, no, no go ahead. tell tell Tyron Woodley how she he should set up nothing for his future so when his fight career is over in a year he has nothing to fall back on and he hasn't built anything to keep him it, going no okay, keep but, keep talking go ahead but rapping and fighting are apples and oranges if he's gonna stay in the fighting world he can be a coach he can be a commentator he can be a broadcaster he can be a, he's already done the commentating broadcasting thing here and there. Just stay in that world because that's where you're. That's where you're, uh, you know, where you're. You cut your teeth is in fighting, rapping, music is a whole. I'm sorry, dude, but you're not. He's never gonna make it. I, I'm just. I'm sorry. So if anything, it just serves as a big distraction to make you think you can do something you're not. You can't. You just can't. Is is Tyron Woodley going to make it objectively? Based on the information we have now, that information being everything he's done in music, no, probably not. Like, it it was bad. I mean, I'll Beat You Ass was was entertaining kind of in the way like Sharknado was entertaining. Yes. Um, train wreck. You want to you listen to it because it's a fucking train wreck. But... Not because it's a good song. Well, and, and just... The, the, <laughs> the other part is just... just Tyron Woodley's voice isn't naturally pleasing to the ear. He's got some things working against him. But here's the thing, man. Like, I don't fault him for for trying. Like, he, the only way you really find this stuff out is you try and fail, and then you got to reassess and like, hey, do I try again? Like, he's 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 getting himself in movies. He um, has a, a like a, a small show on TMZ. He's he's doing stuff, and I think he really has to do that stuff because Woodley's old. I mean, he's what is he? Thirty eight now. Yeah, he's got yeah. he's got maybe a year left. He can he can milk fighting, you know, if, and still be a headliner. Um, but he, I mean, he's really at the very tail end of his career. And the other tough part, which I this is this is not confirmed, but I I do think Woodley has some financial problems. Um, really, I don't think he was as smart. With his money, as I would have thought, and I and I really do think Woodley is a smart guy, but you know, there, there's an issue where a lot of people have that when it's like you really don't have a lot growing up, and then you you get money, it's like fuck, like I want all the shit that I didn't have, and I, I I can't remember, I did hear an interview where he said he's like, look, I was spending money like my salary was going to be fixed at that champ level. I'm like, oh, this is how much I make, and I was not spending. Money like that could go away at any time, right? And I was like, yeah, yeah I I could see that. I mean, I, and I I think Woodley is a smart guy, and even even as a fighter, I think he was a very smart fighter fighting a fucking stupid style. Um, but he was smart with the way he used it. Like the fact that he got as far 
as he did with basically one right hand and nothing else. That that's a very sort of simplistic explanation of what he did. But okay, um, so let me ask you this: Ask me, or ask de- away. Are are degenerates come up with an interesting proposition? You've been talking about Tyron Woodley for I don't know ten minutes, probably yeah. longer. I don't know. I know Colby's gonna win. I'm confident Colby's oh, gonna I'm win. Oh, I'm pretty confident Colby's gonna win too. Okay, I thought I thought we were I thought we were setting up another another bet here. I thought you were in a because the amount of time you gave T Wood, I thought you were giving him a puncher's chance or a benefit of the doubt that he could possibly win the fight, uh, and that you wanted to bet me against uh, Colby Covington. No, to to me it's it's more with with Woodley. It's more frustrating than everything because I I actually like Tyron Woodley. Like, I know. I, I I do like I I. Have I can't say like I know where he's coming from. Like I sure as hell didn't grow up in Ferguson, Missouri. I don't have like a one to one insight into to to that that town and what it, and what it's like to come from that area. But like I get a little bit um, of the chip that he's got on, uh, on his shoulder. Especially like one of my really good friends when I lived in the Midwest was black, and just seeing how he interacted with a, a Midwestern city and the shit that he had to deal with. Like, I get some of Woodley's frustration. I, I, the, the parts were like, I'm trying to think how to explain it. Like, there's certain people where they just rub others the wrong way. And mm. when I understand, like, what their motivations are and kind of who they are, it, for whatever reason, it just doesn't bother me. Gotcha. Uh, and so that's just, with him just doesn't bother me. Like, I think he, he he's, a, he's a smart guy. He's really... Really hustling, and again, I under that that chip. The, one of the things that people meme Woodley on the most is is about uh, playing the race card. There, there's a, yes. a, a, a that a that's racist meme, and I and like I made a whole video about that. I mean, the whole video was like one minute long, but um, where I'm like, do, does <laughs> the, the basically the essence of the video was it's easy to to claim Woodley's playing the race card. But on the flip side is he also has to deal with people being racist a lot. Like, it legitimately happens a ton. And you you can say, oh, well, this really wasn't the case in, in this situation. But it's like, don't forget that he's also dealing with a fucking shitload of racism. So... Maybe, maybe. No, but, for sure. Dude, okay, he, he, well, he's, here, he's a okay. black man in America competing Hold in a on. sport with a largely white fan base. Yes, he's dealing with a lot of racism. It just that's he, just the he, nature of the beast. He he used that card, the race card when he was a contender coming up. And then he became a champion. Here's why I'm bothered by it. If if he really felt it was a there was some kind of racial bias towards him as a contender, when you're a champion, you have a platform to continue to speak on it, to 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 talk about those issues. But when he became a champion, all of a sudden the race card wasn't a card he was pulling anymore. He never he never even brought it up anymore. He was getting promoted. He was in the spotlight. He was making money. Uh, somewhat. That, 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 like, that, 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 hold on. And this again, this is the other thing with with Woodley. You, you, I think you're misremembering how that all went down. No, that that was still an issue early when he was a champion, and he was trying to call his fights, and there was a huge backlash from the fan base. People were like, "Oh, he's not the chosen one; he's the choosy one." Oh, he this yes. this he wants. I, I I could feel as Woodley was trying to pick his fights. I could I could feel commentators 
tr- trying to suppress the urge to call him uppity. It's like this. I was like, um, he was choosing his fights, though. He he, he turned no, down no, fights. He, right. he wanted to choose his fights. But he he didn't. He didn't successfully choose any of them. I think he did turn down a couple. He might have turned about. He didn't choose a fucking. Sin- you think he wanted to fight Damien Maya? Like that's just a lose lose proposition for anybody. It's going to be a boring I, I, fight where you can't look good in, and you might just get embarrassingly embarrassingly strangled. Um, like no, yeah, he like, he, look- he wanted to fight Nick Diaz. He wanted to fight George St. Pierre. He didn't get any of those fights. The the I don't I think the Nick one at the time like Nick had like Nick didn't have enough to warrant like an interesting like a championship uh, uh, fight. It was like what what are the what are at stakes? You want to fight like the number eight guy in the rankings like what's what's the purpose of that like it didn't it made no sense um but yeah he had he had, he, he wanted to pick and choose his fights which when you're the champion you don't really get a you kind of don't really get a say you're supposed to be able to defend your belt against anyone that's coming up or whoever the number one contender is yeah ideally. but let's be honest that doesn't actually happen does it well it's happening less it's it's happening fewer and fewer and fewer a lot lately within like the last five years. Again, we talked about this in another episode about how UFC used to be. Let's put the best fighters to fight the best fights, the number one guy against the champion. And that's what it used to be. Right. Um, but the, you know, three, four, five years, it's always, it, it now lately it's been, it's been, let's put money fights. It don't matter if you're the number one contender. If Conor McGregor wants to fight his fight a heavyweight, we're going to make that fucking fight happen. Cause it can draw some money. You know um, what I mean? It didn't, it didn't make sense, but you know people want to pay for it, so let's do it. So, so I watched Woodley go through that whole process, and he was very vocal, and he was pushing back against the UFC a lot early on. Yeah, and and he was like, it's like fuck, like yeah, oh, like other champions get to get to call for fights, I don't, and um, I mean, again, as far as the UFC and their matchmaking. This is the weird circular logic you get caught in. Do I think the UFC really takes race into account when they're making those determinations of, oh, we're going to let this champ pick a fight? No, I don't think they directly take race. I think they, t- they just take money into account and they think, oh, will, will him doing this make enough money where it's worth kind of uh, compromising our ranking systems and all that? Yeah, what? sure. And do, do, is, is race an indirect factor in determining whether it's going to make money, maybe. Um, I, you know, I, I, here's where here's where I'll take it a step further. I think it does, and it's unfair. I, I think it's unfair. I think, um, hopefully, I think we're on the same page here that what we're getting at, or what you're getting at, I think, is that, yeah, there are not as many African-American fans of MMA in general or UFC, and it's a detriment to those African-American fighters that are super talented, that they're not having the the fan base state they deserve, you know, people from, um, you know, from their uh, their their background, um, like like hey dude, like like for example, when Cain Velasquez was the first you know UFC heavyweight um, Mexican champion, the UFC promoted it as such. Like in any major fighting combat sport, Cain was the first. Um, Mexican heavyweight champion mm-hmm. and the UFC milked it and the Mexican Latin American community totally bought into it, started watching the fights and it paid off for Kane and the UFC. Mm-hmm. 
and it and unfortunately it doesn't happen with our our African American or black champions. They, they should they should get a push from people of their of their same um, color, right? Uh, and not just people of the same color, but but hey, man, your your guys your guys made it. He's fucking fought. He's he's kicked ass, taken names. He's he's become the champion. Start watching the fights. Start paying for the pay per view. Support your guy. You know. And you've you've got fighters like. <laughs> Kamaro Usman, who, who are trying to market himself to Nigeria, which I was like, I don't know. A Nigerian know. nightmare. I don't know if that's a large enough audience base to really make a push. I mean, Al Jermaine Sterling is trying to do the same thing with Jamaica. Um, and, and, and you're, I mean, you're absolutely right. There, and there, but there's, there's two things at play. Um, yeah, the, the UFC has never really marketed to, to black fans. They just, they just haven't. Um, you know, African-American or... Just, just plain African, um, but the, the flip side. I mean, I, <laughs> I am not saying that all UFC fans are racist. I'm not even saying the majority of UFC fans are racist. But I'm saying there are a lot of UFC fans who are racist. Um, purely, purely, just if nothing else, if. Just every racist comment uh, from a from from someone on Instagram equals one racist UFC fan. There's a lot of them. Because um, if you if you look, particularly when the UFC will will uh, you know from their official account will will promote a black fighter, and you go through the comment section, you're like, holy fuck! Like that's that's a lot of people who are either. Overtly racist, or just don't really understand what they're saying. Um, but and it's it's a little little bit frustrating. But if you if you look at the UFC fan fan base, it, it it's still probably the you know the majority of it in the United States is uh, white white working class folks. And as as if nothing else, uh, this summer has. Uh, illuminated that, that there there's still like legit racism in this country. It's not a it's not a background issue yet. Uh, hopefully one day, but that, that if, plays out in the UFC. What happens if uh, if Francis Ngannou beats Stipe? Do you think that same Do you think that same thing will happen? Like, do you think uh, he won't get the I guess the the African American or the you know the black uh, black American um, communities like a like a promotional push do you think that he will i i think he i think he can so so here but here, here's here's the difference with with Ngano. um you know if if between agano there okay so so I'm, I'm trying to think how to how to explain this you know, like if if they were like characters in a show um Woodley and Usman, you know, they would be in the same character mold. It's like they're 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 vocal. They're they're like a little. They're more outspoken. They're saying, "Hey, it's, this is my time. Like I deserve what's mine." Like, and and Ganu is is uh, he he's he's voiced frustration, but he's a little bit more soft spoken. Oh, I'm Francis Ngannou. I'm a gentle <laughs> giant. I knock you out. He's, he's a giant, sort of hulking presence. Um, it's like, oh yes, I would like to fight uh, Stipe, and I think I deserve a rematch. But oh, uh, you want me to fight someone else? Okay, I go fight him. Oh, oh, you know, I am upset. Oh no, it's like it, 
the 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 way that's perceived. He's he's not as outspoken. He's sort of soft spoken. He does this, this sort of you know gentle killer sort of thing. It's like it's a very different um, way that that it's gonna perceive be perceived by the fan base. And he's no Ngannou's not getting that same sort of pushback because he hasn't he hasn't said oh I deserve what's mine. You know, I deserve that title shot. He's been, okay, fine, I have to go fight somebody else. And yeah, well, he, him being frustrated comes out here or there, but it's like a very, very different dynamic. And you also got to remember, the UFC was for a while wasn't very pleased with Ngannou. They said he, he was too entitled. I don't remember that. Maybe, mm. maybe, I'm not saying you're not right. I just don't, I don't remember that. I, I don't remember that part. But do you see the difference in dynamic there about both, not just how the UFC relates to Ngannou, but how the fan base does? Sure. I mean, same thing with Derek Lewis. I I love Derek Lewis, but his whole persona is a meme. It's like, ah, look at the big, funny, goofy, uh, like, giant black dude. Like, ah, he said he pooped his pants. Like, ah, it's funny. Like, he, it's like almost like vaudeville humor. I don't know. I like them both. Oh yeah, I love Derek Lewis is like Derek Lewis is either a a genius in marketing himself or he's just a a a savant, like an unintentional savant. Um, Because what he's done, he he's sort of cut through all this bullshit and gotten fans to to love him and still gotten to be himself and hadn't hasn't had to deal with any of the bullshit that Woodley or Usman has and has had. Really, like, none of the success, you know, he hasn't, not none, he hasn't had nearly the level of success either of them have had in the octagon, and he's just just as popular, and he's gotten some pretty big paydays, so, like, fucking good for Derek Lewis. Here's my question to you. Okay. Because I was thinking about, with all the all the, the black uh, champions and, and, you know, black fighters in the UFC that have become, um, you know, draws and, and gotten big paydays, Every single one of them has had a real struggle to break through, whether we're talking about DC, John Jones, Rashad Evans, uh, you know, Woodley, Usman, all of them. The only one who just cut right through it and shot to the top, even when people are like, oh, the UFC is protecting them, was Israel Adesanya. And he all he's not in that Anganu, like, oh, I'm just nice, polite, like, like, Asanya is a little bit abrasive, and he does speak his mind. I'm like, fucking, how did? What's the, what? What is the the lesson that that could be learned from Adesanya? What is he doing different, where he's getting that push? I think um, uh, inter- internationally, uh, Americans are perceived as a certain type of person. We're perceived as crazy, reckless, fucking cowboys. We don't give two fucks. We curse. We fart. We burp. All that, right? We're we're not internationally. I'm saying yes. Globally, all all naturally bodily bodily functions we can do. Yep, and I think um, because the UFC predominantly is 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 based in the U.S. and it's probably the biggest in the U.S. Although we're we're pretty, it's a pretty global sport uh, mm-hmm. uh, promotion. Um, I think Adesanya. I don't say I'm not saying he plays. He, it's not fake. It's it's he's genuine. But I think his outward um, flashiness, fighting style, don't give a fuck attitude is more American in nature than some of these other African-American champions have been. Uh, John Jones, you know, just reckless. He's a douchebag. 
it's hard to like John Jones because of all the, the stupid shit. And and that's the that's the funniest part about John is the, when he finally did break through. It's when he just embraced being a douchebag, and like he was sort of started playing the heel, and fans were like, "Oh yeah!" Like John Jones just said to Daniel Cormier that he beat Cormier after a weekend of doing coke. Like, haha, that's hilarious. That's yeah. when fans started like liking him. I was like, "God damn it!" Well, <laughs> I don't. I wouldn't say that fans started liking him. I think the well, casual. Look. I think casuals started liking him more. Yes, okay. the hardcores. For the hardcores, I think it's hard to forgive some of the douchebaggery that happens. Um, with T Wood, again, the hardcores will, will are, it's going to be hard for the hardcores to forget the fact that T Wood had this like entitled nature to him and was trying to pick his fights for a bit. With Usman, I'd say his detriment is his fighting style, and you know we're, we're cowboys. We want to see knockout. We're, we're Americans. We're we're dickheads. We want to see knockouts. We want we don't want to see lay in. What are you talking? One of the most enjoyable moments I've ever had watching MMA was getting to see Usman break Colby Covington's jaw. Like that happened. Yeah, yeah, but that was more that was more because Colby was such a bad guy that it don't matter who who you're from, who, where you're from, or what nationality. You just want to see that guy get his face punched. Usman was like, "Wow, I I have a wrestling advantage. I'm bigger and stronger than him." You know what? I'm just going to punch him in the face because I want to punish him and broke his jaw. Um, fuck, fuck you saying he's a boring fighting style. D- you're, DC. You're, you're everything that's wrong with the MMA family. No, no, no. You, I'm you the, personally. No, no, no. I'm saying this is just kind of the general consensus train of thought. I, I happen to be okay with Usman's fighting style, provided he does have some finishes here and there sprinkled into his, his, uh, his record. But 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 he's only had like one one knockout. Do you do you under uh, he's had a a KO and a TKO. Okay, so two. Do, do you understand the significance of what what he's saying though? When when he's when he says when he was a wrestler, he did not want to pin people. He wanted to tech fall them. He wanted to what? Tech fall them. So okay, oh. so in wrestling in wrestling, you you can win by a pin. That's you get. The, the two shoulder blades on the mat for three seconds, boom, you pin, match over. You can win on points. You know, there's a whole point scoring system. Or if you get if you get up 15 points, so if you're if you're beating your opponent by 15 points, it's called a tech fall, meaning that you're. I mean, that to beat someone to get 15 points up on your opponent, you have to be so thoroughly dominating them where they're like, okay, this just isn't really a contest. We're just ending it now, and. Part of what's involved in tech falling someone is you have to really just mentally break them where they're just not trying anymore. Because if, if you're a competent wrestler, you should be able to keep it close enough where you don't get down by 15 points. Because wrestling matches are short. They're, they're six-minute matches. So it's like basically what he's saying is like, oh, maybe like I could pin them, but I just want to utterly dominate them and demoralize them, which I'm like, fuck, like that's a scary mindset. Like it, it sucks to be in there with someone like that in a wrestling match. Who's got that mindset. I could not imagine preparing to go in to it, to a fight with someone who's going to do that. Where like, they just want to punish you for 25 minutes. Fuck. I just hit. Okay. Well, good. Good for him. In MMA, the tech fall translates to like, you know, just beating the fuck out of somebody. For, yeah, fifty forty five. That's okay. crazy. You don't yeah. see that like hardly ever. Yeah, I don't. We don't. Um, 
I forget where we started. Okay, so yeah, I think Adesanya's flashiness and and his his outside the cage persona is kind of like brashiness. As long as he's as long as as long as he stays clear of like any legal shit, like because look, Connor's been getting into some legal shit lately. John Jones is notorious for getting himself into into legal shit. As long as he can kind of stay keep it relatively clean on the outside, he'll be okay. He can continue to be kind of a bit of a douchey guy. You you can't go cringy though. You can't yeah. go Henry Cejudo. You can't go Henry. It's got to be genuine. Henry Cejudo was not genuine. Or you know you know the other thing. Wait. Oh, sorry. Let me let me. I'll let you finish the Cejudo thought because I, I I thought of something else too. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say. As long as as long as Adesanya is genuine about how he is, how he carries himself, I I I I see that meme. It's not even a meme. It's like a gif of him. In cage, I think it was against the uh, against uh, Kelvin Gastelum, mm-hmm. where he's standing across the ring, and you can he, you can see Adesanya's lips move, and he says, uh, "I'm I'm ready to die in here," or something like that. I forget mm-hmm. exactly how he, what he says, but as long as he has that attitude and he's genuine about it and it's sincere, that's the way he is as a fighter. Stays flashy, don't do some douchey shit outside. Um, he will continue to be um, successful uh, financially. For the UFC, um, they're going to give him favorable fights, hopefully. Um, but yeah, you can't do Cejudo. You can't. You can't be cringy. Cringy. Cringy's fake, and it doesn't work. It's like comedy, right? It's like comedy. The audience knows when you're being fake, and when you're fake, your jokes doesn't knock. Your jokes aren't going to land. But when you're being sincere, um, you know, it'll work. You can be a. L- if the jokes are f- actually funny and really well done, they can be fake and still land. Like right. Anthony Jeselnik's whole act is is fake, and everyone knows it's fake, but they're just so well done. Chael um, Sonnen did a great job of it. Exa- that's another. He was cr- cringy, and it, everyone kind of knew it was fake, but they were really entertaining and funny, and it landed. But but wait, wait, wait hold on. This 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 is what you actually just made me think about something, and it is sort of in terms of comedy. Um, because I've heard that, like, Adesanya talk about observing these fighters, you know, Anderson Silva, Conor McGregor, Chael Sonnen, all, the, all these guys, not just in terms of how they fought, but how they promoted himself. And I know, like, he's a guy who, like, I think does really sit there and take notes and think about it. And and a, gr- a great example, this would be a, a problem that, that Colby Covington has had. And, and Conor McGregor has been on the wrong, you know, has done this correctly and incorrectly. Do you, you know the the, com- the term in comedy, punching up versus punching down? Yes. Yes. Punch, punching down is like your joke, the, the butt of your joke is someone that's less for, or less fortunate than you. And punching up is somebody that you're like, like, haha, I'm making fun of millionaires, like shit I'll never have kind of thing. Right, exactly, and and so Conor McGregor, because you, you, you could see at first when he's when he's on his way up, and the one that he's going after is Aldo, who's supposed to be this unbeatable champion, and he and no one you know beat him for however many years, and like, like it was funny where he's just needling him and going after him, but but once once that that dynamic kind of turned, and Conor was no longer punching up, and he. The, the, these barbs no longer felt good natured, and it felt like he was taking shots at people beneath him. It, fans did start to turn on him a little bit. They're like, even before all the legal issues, um, and and that's and that's sort of one of this like the same problems that Colby Covington has had. Like he's Colby's taking shots at 
all kind of people who who it's like why like why are you doing that you know, like you know fighters who are below him on the ranking who don't have as much notoriety he's just going after him um and Adesanya has done a really good job at figuring out how to work that dynamic because on his on his come up he could he could punch you know he could punch up at anyone he could take shots at the the champion because he's you know there's the champion he's the challenger but like now what what is the, what is the thing that he's go he's kind of making fun of Costa for the most like being like a steroid guy like a like a big you know I don't know. He called he called him a balloon animal, sure, <laughs> which, which was well, sort of funny. Him, but he called him he called him like a, a rated up uh, Ricky Martin or some shit like that. I forget what. Which exactly. is also also funny, and it's drawing to the attention that Costa is this big, muscly fucking Hercules. Like he's like goddamn like Brazilian Hercules, and um, Asana's, Asada is uh, Adesanya. Adesanya. There we go. I got you it. You want to bet on that one? Is this skinny, skinny black dude? You want to bet on that one? So even, uh, even though Adesanya, perhaps, even though Adesanya is the champion, he's found a dynamic to take where he's still punching up a, against Costa, and it still feels fresh and like, and when, uh, when he when he calls him like steroid Ricky Martin, it's like. <laughs> fucking funny like it is funny because yeah. he does he does really look like ricky martin on steroids I, uh, it's, tr- it's it's I, uh, true and it's it's punching up instead of punching down how do you feel about his dancing his his little dancing routine when he fought uh was it yoel or i forget who he fought when he came out like from the uh the tunnel and he was dancing with his little dance crew <laughs> his little dance routine it, it that's so, okay and that's another one where it was like that was corny that was like like entering Cejudo corny levels, but it also just felt like they're like, fuck it. This is what we feel like doing. And it looked like they were having fun with it. So I was like, that's cool. Like that was a memorable walkout. I remember it. Probably don't do that again. Like that same thing. Maybe you got to come up with something else, you know, stay fresh. But when he did it, I was like, the thing that, that struck me the most, I'm like, dude, you had fucking balls coming out to a championship fight and doing that. Holy shit. Like, cause he he probably more than any other fighter right now is aware of meme culture. Like Adesanya follows me on Instagram. Like he follows all the meme pages, uh, and I and I'm not, I don't even have a, a meme page. So like he's plugged into that. And if he did that dance and then got KO'd in the first round, he knows exactly how brutal everyone would be and how we would have clipped that. And he would have you know that would be on the internet for years to come. And he's like, nah, fuck it. This is fun. I'm doing it. Like that was, that was my takeaway from that whole thing. I, um, no, I, I, I don't like Adesanya, but you don't No, I don't, I don't like Adesanya, but I, I do give the guy, the guy credit. Cause he did step up to fight. Like, like some of the, he didn't, he, he has, as of yet, um, he has, as of yet, turned down a like a potential like threatening challenge. Like every threatening challenge, he's he's not run away from. Um, well, I mean, not not in terms of accepting the fight. Like literally in the octagon, yeah, that he run run away from okay, a potential right, threat in college. Right, right. Literally ran from Yolo Romero for for 25 minutes but, but what but. i'm saying but yeah but what i'm saying um is like like they lined them up with the the with a threatening uh, on paper a threatening matchup 
Yes. And he's like, okay, let's do it. I mean, who the fuck, even though even though Adesanya's on his decline or was on his decline, who the fuck says, okay, I'll fight, I'll fight fucking um, Anderson. Romero. Or Romero or Anderson. Uh, Gastelum was looking fucking solid up until that fight. And, and actually, I, maybe, maybe Gastelum won that fight. I don't know. Or was winning. Oh, what are you talking? No, was, I was thinking, was yeah, definitely won that fight. Okay. Like ran away with it in the fifth. All right. Um, yeah, you remember he like he he almost Gaslam got saved by the bell. It was I mean it was a ten eight yeah, round. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. But I think I think Gaslam is another guy that could could have been a threat. Um, on the rematch or something like that. Who knows? I don't know. But I'm giving him credit. I'm giving Adesanya credit. I'm giving him props. Yeah, he's not you a have guy to. that's that's turned down any any like threatening. He's not like he didn't say, "Oh, I don't want to fight Costa," even though Costa is like the clear number one contender or anything like that. You know? Yeah. Well, because again, he he like I said, he he's not just studying fighting technique. He's he's seeing all the other pitfalls that, that fighters have fallen into, and everything that we. We're talking about with Woodley and the, being the choosy one and all that. Guarantee you, he he was watching that whole thing unfold, taking notes, and be like, "Oh fuck, okay, I can't do that at first. Maybe at a certain point, but I, I'm gonna have to gain enough good, you know, goodwill and take enough of these tough fights. Like I'm not gonna make that same mistake. So I, I think that that he has been smart, and not just in his fighting, but also the way he's promoted himself. And and then I mean, I think the flip side is like he knows. He's not posting memes quite at the same frequency that Derek Lewis has, but like I'm like, oh yeah, he actually references a lot of these memes. Like he didn't he didn't come up with calling uh, Costa uh, a steroid Ricky Martin. There's been plenty of memes about that, and he's following all those pages. And oh my god, he's fucking genius! I just realized what he's doing. He, he he follows all those meme pages. He takes the best jokes and then just like says them. That's where he's getting his material from. <laughs> Holy shit! Good for him. Good for him. Yeah, he doesn't have to come up with it like Henry Cejudo and come up with terrible jokes. He just he, he can just repurpose memes from the internet, and it sounds fresh. I didn't I didn't even make that connection. I'm like, because it's it is different when you just say it in like a press conference or whatever. Like it doesn't come off quite the same way as a visual image. And. Uh, and yeah, he's he's gonna have he has literally hundreds of fucking writers working for him that aren't aware he that that's what have they're doing. Hundreds. He might have two. No, you're not following me. All oh, these, the, yeah. all the okay, people no. posting yeah. on the I internet are his writers. I get you. I get you now. Um, like I've I've probably I mean I don't know if, if I'm trying to think if I've made any. So that uh, fight's not even happening until a couple Costa. weeks from now. Yeah. The one fight but, that's but, coming but, up uh, is T Wood and Covington. I think I think we just hit on it though. We just hit on the fucking secret elixir for all these fighters is figure out meme pages that have content that's like relevant to to what you're doing and then just harvest them for material. So instead of it's so instead of like you win your fight and you know whoever it is John Anik is like, "Okay, uh so you know, that was a great fight, great performance. Who's next for you?" And and then you go 
well, I just want to fight, you know, the whoever's the next guy up, uh, whoever Dana in the UFC wants me to fight. Uh, I'm just going to say the most generic, unmemorable thing possible so no one remembers this call-out and valuable time on my microphone. What they could actually say is, oh, I want to fight that steroid Ricky Martin Polo Costa. He's a blown-up balloon animal, and it's like you've got the material right fucking there. Oh, my God. Wow, we just hit on something. I, I just I was you I should go had, in, had a light you bulb. Should, you should go into uh, 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 MMA fighters management, Jaffe. You've already got the probably. Marketing, uh... I think. I mean that that is why I started that whole feed was because before uh, Willie Morris bought out the UFC, they did such a terrible job of promoting fighters. I mean, like if you weren't like the champion in the main event of a pay-per-view, you really didn't get promoted a lot. So, like, um, you know, even if you were, like, a mid-tier fighter uh, or, or even, yeah, a mid-tier fighter who was headlining a fight night, they weren't getting, like, really good, like, posters made, things like that. Like, so I was just making um, visuals for, for fighters to, like, repost. And, um, yeah, because I'm, I'm trying to remember, like, like there, there was, a like, a... a image I made for Max Holloway when he was head... It was like UFC Saskatchewan. It was like a UFC fight night that they just did not give two shits about. They didn't make any promotion for it. I was like, what the fuck? This is a really good fight. Like, and it, you know, it was before Max Holloway was like a, you know, a big name. And I was like, you fucking assholes. Like, you made him the, the uh, main event, make a poster for him. And so I, you know, I, I made that. You um, made the Wings one. And that was a good one. That was a good one. Because his name is Blessed. And wings, and, and he's got wings, and he also has a wings tattoo on his back. So it was, it was not the oh, yeah. most creative, uh, but my, I think my interpretation and what I did with it was pretty good. Sometimes, sometimes it's the execution, not the idea, that's more important. One of my favorites that you did was, uh, I think it was JoJo and PVZ were supposed to fight. I don't know if, mm-hmm. and and that was one of my favorites. I think you did like. JoJo yeah, it was Bra- Braveheart versus Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, that was one mm-hmm. of my because I was they I, they both reposted that. I was a big JoJo fan at the time. I'm still a JoJo fan, but she's got a boyfriend, so boo her. Um, Armando, just because I have a boyfriend now. No, no, no. Now me. I'm told I've I've moved on. I've moved on to Irene Aldana like two years ago. Come on, JoJo's old news. Wow, she, she's an old maid now compared to Irene she'd, Aldana. She'd be absolutely devastated to hear that if she knew who you were or she's cared. also a Raiders fan <laughs> bandwagon Raiders oh, fan oh fuck her by the you way. know what okay by, by the way she's a bandwagon she's, Raiders fan she's dead fan to me now because because of her fiance husband whatever I don't even know what the fuck they are anymore um, he's a Raiders fan boo Joanne Cotterwood exactly. yay Irene Aldana yeah Irena doesn't like any football team so she can as long as she's neutral she likes football teams she likes football football soccer El Partido de Football. El Partido de Football. <laughs> that was funny. Call back to when we were not recording and you said that. You were asking me that question. Um, what's el, next? El Rene. El Partido de Football es el sábado. Uh, I don't know how to say, do you want to come with me? I know, I know you said Quieres? 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 Oh, no, that's, yeah, Quieres. Do you want? Yeah. Finish the sentence. Oh, just, oh, just wait. What, is, there, is there more with me? Quieres? Quieres ir conmigo? Ir conmigo. Okay. It'd be avec moi. Don't don't try to steal my girlfriend. By the way, we'll double date. You can take Grasso out. She's a cutie. That, and she's that, that's what I that's that's what I said. Is like I need to get my Spanish up just enough, so 
I could at least make introductions. Grasso speaks a little bit in, better English, so I just I just need I need to be like like borderline conversational. And don't don't worry, Mondo. I'm gonna I'll facilitate this whole thing. That's that's what I that's what I, I told you. Back to my my anti game in uh, college. Not to say I'm not. It's not that I I, I am suave or I, I I'm like oh I just know just what to say with the ladies. I've learned that if you just really don't care that much, um, and you don't it's it's not if you're not afraid of like failing and striking out and you just you just go into just have an enjoyable conversation. And cause honestly, like if we saw them in a fight night, I would go right up and say hello and I would fuck up trying to speak Spanish to them and look like a, a jackass. And they would either think it was endearing that I tried or they'd be like, oh, who the fuck is this idiot? But one, either I would try to be uh, engaging and just just have it be a nice, pleasant conversation and at least show that I was trying and, and that, oh, look, I tried to learn Spanish. It's so nice to speak to you. Um, and A, it would work. Or B, I'd have a fun story. Either way, it would be fun for me, and I, I'd have no Aaron, uh, Aaron. preconceived notions. So I'm telling you, Mondo, I will facilitate this for you. It's going to happen. Would, what would Roxanne have to say? Have all this stuff of you talking about Alexa Grasso, she'd be disappointed in you, Aaron. She, she would understand, because she, she views any, everything through the lens of anime, and she would understand that I was wingmaning for a friend, oh, okay. and this was just the beginning of my love arc, and of course at the end, it all has to sort of come around, like, like and like the love arc, like, R- Roxanne is like the final boss, Alexa Grasso, <laughs> she's, she, 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 she's, she's just the like, like one of those, boss? like, She's just like an early goon that you know I have to I have to to, to deal with uh, early you can't on. Can't call Grasso early goon. Grasso's a very pretty girl, and I would like to yes. buy her lunch. Muy bonita. F- I would like to be her friend, so she can friend zone me and then hook me up with her friend Eden Aldana. And me, Eren Aldana, mi amigo Armando es muy guapo. Thank you. <laughs> Gracias. Como, wait, como, como, what was it? Como, how do you say? Como, how do you say that? I'm trying to say como diton, that's in French. How do you say? I'm trying to say how do you say? Como se dice. Como se dice, that was a lie es una, en Espanol. Es, es una mentira. Es una mentira. Yeah. That was a lie on Espanol. You motherfucker. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I was just for a meme. Son of a bitch. Armando es muy guapo. It's, how do you say it's true? Verdad. Verdad. It's, it's vrai en français. C'est vrai. Verdad. That's it. If I see Roxy, I'm going to tell her you're cheating on her with Alexa. See how she likes that. God, if you know what, if that's the truth, I'm just gonna have to live with that horrible, horrible truth. <laughs> I'll, somehow, I'll find a way. Poor you, I, you son of a I, bitch. I, I still remember this was this had opened years ago because um, God, I don't remember what podcast. I just remember it was Cub Swanson, and this is like like when I first started to become a little bit of a Cub Swanson fan. I love him. He's a good he, dude. He, yeah, he's just he's just very. Very kind of like mild mannered, like chill, but he's actually kind of funny. And you know, this was I think before he had a wife and kid, and they're like, um, Kendra Perez. So like, so so it's a club. If you're gonna like, uh, I don't always say marry, or he's like, if you're gonna like go out with any female fighter, who would it be? And he's like, well, I don't know. I think I think maybe Alexa Grasso. 
because, I mean, she is really pretty, but I also don't think she speaks English very well, and I feel like that would work for me. That <laughs> 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 was like, uh, a good, good one, Cub. Meanwhile, he's got he's got twins and a baby girl. Her, the, I know the girl's name is Royal Swanson, and he's married to Kenda Perez. He's got a big gym in Indio, California. I've driven by it. Good, good dude. I've actually, uh, I went to a UFC event, and um, for this particular event, they had like a pre-UFC, like a little meet and greet, like a bunch of different fighters and stuff like that, giveaways. They were giving away like fucking UFC towels, all, all kinds of crap. And I met, um, and Cub Swanson, I met Cub Swanson. He was the first one I did like one of those face-off photos where you're like, you're mm-hmm. mean mugging each other and... Yeah. Totally. But when we when we weren't mean mugging each other, when we weren't pretend mean mugging each other, he was such a cool dude to talk to. Him and um, him and I, uh, I don't uh, I don't do those. I don't oh, go for that sort of thing. I go to all that shit. I love that shit. It's no it's, no no. I go to I, I went to so so when I went to uh, UFC one eighty four. I went to all that stuff. I just I'm just saying I don't do the face off photos. I'm like oh no me. Yeah, I'm not I'm not. I'm not trying to punch this dude. I don't want to punch this. If you know, you know what I do. If if his hip was healed enough, and I was taking a photo with Ben Askren, I would I would get a wider angle. We were both in wrestling stance, gotcha. like like we were gonna about to. But that's it. Because I'm like I'm like I. I mean, both of us are are fucked up and have bad hips and everything, and I have a cardio to last maybe thirty seconds in a wrestling match. Eight seconds for a flying knee. <laughs> No, no, no! In a wrestling match, asshole. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying I'm not. I'm not. Ben, Ben Askren, eight seconds, flying knee. Yeah, I, no, I, I understand. But, but what I'm, but that's what, you're missing the point. Is what I'm saying is, is, I would literally right now, if if someone was like, would you, you know, hey, Ben Askren's at a gym. He said he'll wrestle you. Like I would drive to that gym and wrestle Ben Askren for thirty seconds and then run out of gas and get pinned. Yeah, here's a good wrestler. Uh, I've done a bunch of those face-off photos. Um, the other really, really, really cool one was Andre Touchy Feely. I bought him a beer. I bought him a tall can of Modelo. He's like, "Dude, it's fucking hot, huh?" I'm like, "Yeah." I was like, "You want a beer?" Yeah, get me a beer, bro. So I got him a beer, a tall can, and we take the pictures and face-off and all that stuff. I did him with Chuck Liddell. Um, he's got a fucking. Uh, do you, you want to hear my 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 story that Feely was was involved in? Okay. Um, and this this wasn't even a, a fan uh, like event. It was just walking through the hallway of, of I guess the MGM Grand after maybe it wasn't even MGM Grand. It was it was just walking away from a fight. Um, and I had okay. So so the the the, the uh, beginning of the story was was the Team Alpha Male guys used to have a podcast, and the podcast was led by. Um, Justin Buckholtz, who had been a UFC fighter, short-lived, and became a coach for Team Alpha Male. He was like their their striking coach for a while. And they ran this... I mean, if you think that we have weird tangents and rambling, um, I think the the best description I heard for their, their podcast was... They were like like the hazy opium den that is... I can't, and I can't remember the name of the podcast now. Um, it was just like... This like what... Like you... Did feel like what the fuck am I listening to and what is happening right now? And then uh, it was even more surreal because occasionally they would like drag Faber in and Faber would be trying to and he would sound just like Faber like he was doing like a normal interview, and it's like in this weird sort of uh, just non-structured freewheeling 
podcast of people who weren't particularly good podcast, you weren't polished podcasters, I should say. Okay. Anyhow, they they had this contest. It was it was like some they were trying to get some sort of uh, Faber had some sort of sponsor, and the sponsor wanted you to make a a video for the contest, and the winner was going to get five hundred dollars, and. They they gave like no instructions. I was writing them like like dude guys. I'll put legit work. I'll make an amazing video for you, um, and uh, but just like tell me like what do you want? And they're just like whatever. Just make a video. They gave me no no uh, anything. And I I made I they they I I took I can't remember what song that they used for as an intro for their podcast. But I got like a, 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 I rewrote that song as a parody about Team Alpha Male. I got a guy to actually record the vocals. And then I made an animated video where they were like, it was like photos, but like the mouths were moving and everything. Almost not quite South Park ish when like they, they use celebrities' photos, but kind of along those, gotcha. those lines. And it was like all animated and moving. Like fucking, it took me a long time. I remember I spent like 12 hours making this fucking thing. Um, and then I send it in. And they selected this, I, I can't even describe, it was like, it was just like a, a stupid cut of one of the co-hosts like laughing like a jackass. And it was just him going like, ha ha, and then cut back and him going, ha ha, and they pick that as the winner. And I'm like, you fucking assholes. And like, and I, I said, and there's the thing, I, and when they posted that as the winner, I was like, Buckholtz, at Justin Buckholtz, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I'm going to, I'm going to give you shit. If I see you at this fight, <laughs> like, what the fuck are you doing? And then I saw him in the hallway of the fight and true to my word, I went up I'm like, I'm like, hey, hey, Justin, I run the Blasted MMA account. Like, I spent 12 hours on that video. What the fuck? And he was like, oh, uh, um, you know, it wasn't me. It was... The, the, the co-host, I don't I still don't really understand who the guy was or what his relationship to the gym is or anything. He was sort of like an overweight, middle-aged man that they called Sir Studboy. I'm not yeah. making it up. I never like, listened to that podcast, so sure. Don't, don't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's like, oh, it was, it was Sir Studboy. It wasn't me. I'm like, uh, did you not make that post with the winner? And he's like, well, yeah. I'm like... And then, and then Feely was, it was, it was great. Like Feely's like that friend where you're like, dude, shut, fucking shut up. You're not helping. Yeah. Feely's like chimes in over your shoulder. He's like, I told, I told him you should have won. Like yours was the best. I'm like, fucking thank you, Andre yeah. Feely. He's like, he's like, no problem, bro. And I don't think we actually did like a bro fist, but in my mind we did. I'm like, yeah. Fuck, that's right, Feely. And I'm like, all right, all right, Buckles. I'm going to let you off the hook based on the goodwill that Andre Feely has garnered in this Great exchange, <laughs> but you're still an asshole, and you're still on my shit list, Justin Buckholtz. Yeah, Buckholtz, just cool just, just to be just to be clear, Justin Buckholtz, if you're listening, and I know you are, you still owe me five hundred dollars, and I'm collecting on that at some point. And Feely, I'll buy you another Modelo beer for hooking my buddy up with a with the alley oop at a boy. Me, me too. Dos Modelos. Dos Modelos, por favor. I would do. I would hang out. I think I think no offense to the Team Alpha Male guys, but I think I would have liked to hang out with um, maybe Chad Mendes and Andre Feely, and that's it. The rest of them probably I don't think I could get along with the rest of those Alpha Male guys, including well maybe Joe B too, maybe. Who knows? Uh, Joe B. Uh, there's a lot of the ones that we don't know. Like what's his name? The um, the jiu-jitsu coach who who had the concussion problem. He seemed like a pretty 
Hollinsworth? Yeah. Yeah, the skinny I, I think guy. That was a, he's like a 125, yeah, yeah. 135 lanky tall um, guy. He's the one that uh he's the one that uh uh, uh TJ ended his career short by fucking him up in, in, in practice. I I would I would gladly hang out with TJ Delashaw, but it would have to be in the right like it's like you know when, when Joe Rogan has his endless. He's like, I got a buddy of mine. You know, yeah. TJ Dillashaw is a very particular type of buddy. So like when I was doing that cardio competition and I was trail running 14 miles, TJ Dillashaw is the buddy that you go on like the 14 mile trail run with, or like. Uh, you're, you're, but then he gives you that fucking drug he got popped for. EPO. EPO. There you go. Uh no, pr- probably not. That that one is an uh, a, a, an injectable. You don't like accidentally pass on EPO. Okay. Well, I'm saying he just gives it to you, like, hey, try this shit. And then I'm like, that's cool, TG Dillashaw. I can I can probably just trail on without that. Um, nah, I, I, I Dillashaw is another one where he he <laughs> coming up and uh, coming up through wrestling and being in a lot of wrestling rooms, like it's like you know that sort of guy like Dillashaw is that like very like earnest overachieving like um gets a l- like just too obsessive and it's kind of funny like he's got enough self- self-confidence where it's like you could give him shit and razz him and he would get worked up about it but not but he's got enough self-confidence where he wouldn't really hold a grudge I think Dillashaw in the right context would be fun to hang out with but I agree with you I agree with you that that uh Mendez and sorry, who's the other one? Feely. You said Feely. Oh, Feely. Of course, Feely would be the one like you just actually just legitimately want to hang out yeah. with in all circumstances. He could be a la- yeah. he would be a lancer for sure, I think. And Me- Mendez, I just want to take him hunting, but I don't want to pay however fucking much money it costs to go with his his uh, company his service. You know that's what he does now, right? Yeah, yeah. I heard a few of them actually. Um, one of my former coworkers um met Chad Mendez at some uh like hunters show expo fair thing and uh he because my my coworker knew I was an MMA fan he got me Chad Mendez's autograph on the back of his badge it's pretty cool oh that's cool oh this is a, this is this is actually an unintentional segue okay um because <laughs> i well, so so first, so for, this this is how I'm gonna segue. Ch- Chad Mendez, for anyone who doesn't know, is an avid hunter. He loves he was loves killing things. I never understood hunting until I saw a UFC embedded. It's these like YouTube, you know, six seven minute videos that they do following the fighters around the week before the fight. You know, sort of of fight week, and it was like a Tuesday embedded comes out and it's Chad Mendez showing them around his garage. And he's just like these giant like. Um, freezers in his garage and he opens them up and it's just like shrink wrap meat and he's like see mm. this is an elk i killed like we can eat this elk for like six months at least and i was like wait oh that's amazing so it's like you i i see now that i see the tangible meat from the hunting yeah. and how much meat you get from one elk and how much my my stomach wants that elk meat in it i'm like <laughs> i get it i understand now um, so I, I like, I've never, I've never shot and, uh, shot a gun. Uh, when I lived in Germany, the Germans did not fucking believe me that I'd never shot a gun. Yeah. Cause you're American. They're like, duh. yes, it, I, they think, oh, they legit think all Americans have just tons of guns and it did not help that the other American in the group was from goddamn Missouri. And, and when they were like 25 guns, probably. This is literally what they say. They're they're like they're like Kyle. He's Aaron says he's never shot a gun. Did have you ever shot a gun in Missouri? And he's like, shot a gun. I kept the revolver under my pillowcase and the shotgun in the closet. I'm like, God 
fucking damn it, Kyle. Right. Um, you didn't have that accent either. That's not how they sound in Missouri, but whatever. <laughs> um, uh, so I, the only place I've ever shot guns is in first-person shooters, and I even <laughs> usually don't like first-person shooters that much. Um, Except for in college, we played Halo. Yeah, and that was different. It was more I just like hang out with the group, um, and it was because I, 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 I was thinking about that. I was I was like, man, those were just really good times. It was like a group bonding. Yeah, we're gonna fucking. Uh, what was the other dorm that we play against? It was I can't even remember. It was the always Harris, name. or sometimes we would play like Turner versus whatever. We would play. We would play. No, like it was it it, it, it was that, that there there was no. It wasn't Stoffer. It was the dorm next to Stoffer. Johnson. Ball? Maybe it was Johnson. Ball? It was Ball, Johnson, Stoffer. It wasn't Ball. It was, must have been Johnson then. Anyhow, um, doesn't matter. And it, the point is, it was like, it was bonding. Like, everyone fucking play. Like, I remember even, even, uh, poor, poor freaking Zach, such a good sport about it, like, had to sit two feet away from the, the, the television, <laughs> look at it sideways. And he's still, I mean, you know, obviously, like, he's just, he's just it was difficult for him to play just because, you know, he's had, had some vision impairment, but he was just, he was just having a good time um, playing with us, and it was just just good feelings. It was like I remember more good memories from that one year in the Harris dorms than all the whole time I was in the house. We had a friend. We had a friend that had a uh, a double. He had a double room to himself because he had a lot of money. His 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 roommate never showed up or whatever, but the school allowed him to keep the double sized room for himself. Mm-hmm. And uh, because it was basically his room. He had like this, what was it, like a 60-inch screen TV in his room, and we would fucking set yeah. up the four-way, uh, four-screen Xbox in there. And Yes. This was an Xbox One or Xbox 360. This was the original Xbox when online multiplayer yes. wasn't like as big of a prominent as a thing. I wasn't a thing at all. Like Unless you, were on, the same my net- mind. Unless you were on the same network. Yes. Which all of Widger College yes. was the same network. So we would... We would try to arrange like teams of four v four or even four v four v four v four. So like teams of sixteen, sixteen player, four four teams um, matches. And of course, our team was always dominant. Our team was just because we had Law Dog, who was amazing at fucking games, and then um, Spiffs was pretty good. You were no, the, the one who was ex- is really good and surprisingly good was Christian Baron. Say Baron was good too. And- yeah. And 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 this is the uh, Lawrence with like technically, in in terms of the actual mechanics of operating the controller and aiming everything, he was he was just head and shoulders better than everyone. Like you know, he was the guy that could like jump off a cliff and as he was falling, Headshot. line up a shot and snipe you and all that. Yeah. But um, Christian just strategically, and this is what I always remember. He was just the smartest about like where he was positioning himself, and he would keeping track of of where everybody was and like, so that was the, he, Lawrence would always have the most kills and Christian would always have the fewest deaths because he, he uh, approached the game very strategically and analytically where the most of us, myself included, were just like running around like, aha, I'm shooting stuff. Ah, oh, I died. Yeah. I was probably, Christian's like, no, no. I was probably, and he was, fu- he was sneaky. Do you remember what his nickname was? Who? Baron. Weasel. I remember his gamer nickname we- because, and we gave it to him. Weasel. He was weasel. Cause he was sneaky like a weasel. Well, that was also his mug name. That was also his Lancer mug name. Because he was also sneaky like a weasel. Sure. I, 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 at best, I was like middle of the pack in, in our group of like, let's just say, eight people. Yeah, you and me both. 
You know, I wasn't like the best. I wasn't the worst. I was better than Ricky McDonald for sure. I was better than a mm-hmm. few other people. Zach, I mean, that doesn't say a whole lot. But <laughs> um, what games are you playing? Do you have a console now, or do you play PC? So, or? so uh, okay. So, so this this was sort of the the question that I wanted to get into. You, um, I I do have a PC um, that that can can game, but like I haven't done any. Uh, any gaming for for a while. I was playing just actually. Well, no, so, so no console or PC gaming. I was playing one mobile game for like two years, um, like uh, on, called Clash Royale. Like on your phone. Oh, I know um, what that game is. Yeah. Uh, I know, and I legit, I got offered a pro contract for Clash Royale. Really? What? Ha- yeah, what and well, there's two things. So health, I just couldn't have done it. Like I couldn't. I also just because I would have had to move to Los Angeles, and I don't think, like I can't, I can't play that game. If I'm not sitting in my chair at the exact right angle, and it just wouldn't work. What the fuck? Uh, and I, and it 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 also what? Oh, you're 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 responding to something. Um, and the other part, it would have been short lived. Part of the problem they ran into is is uh, they they run uh, Clash Royale. It, it, the parent company is called Supercell. Uh, it's a company in Finland, and they were like. Wow, we really want to get uh, like a pro, try to get some like e gaming behind Clash Royale. So they put a lot of money into having this first season, and part of the problem they ran into is the first season was going to take place in Los Angeles, and they so they needed players who could get get visas and were eighteen years old or older, and that's when they found like the entire like pro base in Clash Royale were all like 14 year olds from like Brazil and China. And they're like, fuck, how do we, how are we going to get there? There was, there was a real shortage of good players who are over 18 and could go to Los Angeles. So like I, I, there were definitely way more players who were better than me, but I, the only reason I got offered a, a contract was because this one team who, who signed on late had missed out on all the talent and they were scrambling to find anyone. And they're like, Oh, like you're actually really good. And wait, you're like a grown adult and you're not going to fucking burn the house down. Cause you don't know how to make eggs. Like awesome. Like, please come and play for us. <laughs> and if, if I hadn't had been having the health problems, I would have done it. It would just been cool to say I was a, a pro gamer. A pro gamer. Um, I, you know who tried to go, I did have a, you know, who tried to go pro gamer. I had a $200 a month contract though. Prior. Like I actually was technically a pro at that type. I was taking, Cause it was, I was, I was, yeah, I was, I was getting two hundred dollars a month to play Clash Royale. That's ridiculous. I wish I got paid, but no, I don't wish. It, it'd be, it'd be nice. It'd be fun, funny to have gotten paid for that. But you know who tried to go pro uh, was uh, our, our our former our, our our deceased brother Ricky McDonald. I asked him once. I was like, hey, so we can do with your life, bro? Like, because when we were living in Long Beach, he'd. Uh, you know, I, I I never had any problems with buying him a dinner here and there or lo- letting him borrow money or whatever it was. And I was, like, trying to figure out what he was going to do with the rest of his life. And he, I asked him one day, so what do you do with your, with your life, dude? I mean, you got you got your – I think you had, like, a master's or some nonsense. What are you doing with your with yourself? He's like, man, <laughs> man, I'm going to go – I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Madden Pro. I'm gonna play Madden as a professional. I'm like, oh. Oh, I was, Amanda. I'm not. I'm not lying. Like, I was in my head. I'm like, please tell me, he's not gonna say Madden. Yep. Please 
Because oh I bet God. you, I bet you anything, you were better than him. I bet you a lot of us were better than him at Madden than he was. No, 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 no. It wasn't that I was better than him. It's that I would beat him so bad and so embarrassingly that he would refuse to play with me anymore. Yeah, he, uh, he, he, he thought he was going to be a pro Madden player. I don't know what ended up happening with all that. I know he was in debt to a lot of us, a lot of his friends, a lot of his brothers. He'd borrow money left, right, center, and can, then he'd can, be using. Can, can I call? Can I call him Excelsior on this? Sure. Like, okay. This whole it's I just, dude, it's bumming me out. Okay. It, 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 I don't want to. No problem. No problem. Um, but yeah, so I the other the other games I play um, now, I don't play a lot of games. I I tend to like obsess with one game. Maybe me too. Maybe I'll. I'll play another game here. What, there. What what console do you have? I have an Xbox uh, One Elite. Ah, okay. Um, the game I've been playing lately, or I've been playing a lot of lately, because I, I, like I said, I end, I tend to get stuck on one game. I've been playing a lot of Overwatch. Um, just recently, I downloaded PlayStation, or not, what's it called? Not PlayStation. Fantasy Star Online Two. It's like a MMORPG. Um, I. I don't really like RPGs because they end up sucking your life away. <laughs> like you, you, it's like it's all, it's like an unsigned con, like an unwritten contract you yes. signed, and you end up getting stuck on the game for a lot longer, putting more hours into it than you would like. Um, so I, that's what I don't like about it. Like Overwatch, you can play for an hour, ten minutes, put it down. Let me let me put it this way: there's there's one type of grinding I enjoy, and it does not involve. Well, I guess maybe it could involve uh, a game system, but, but but like the game system would be the appetizer, not the main course. Let's put it like okay, that. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! You know who was another one that would get stuck on on console or RPGs like that was Baron. Speaking of Baron. I I do. Do you remember? I do you remember the whole Final Fantasy yes. thing where I, uh-huh. I I fucking stole. I look, looking looking back, I'm like, yeah, I probably overstepped my boundaries, but I legitimately I was like, I I see addiction, I and I'm trying to I'm like trying to stage an intervention. Maybe I shouldn't have done that, but I literally stole the game from him because yeah. I'm that. That's that's when it was like games we were actually like, physical. We'd discs. be like at a party or a stag or something. Like, where's Baron? Oh, he's playing Final Fantasy. Like, what the fuck? Like, no, let's we. So yeah, you had to kidnap his his uh his disc. So and he got mad. He was getting upset about yeah. it. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah, because he was addicted to it. It's like if you take if if you go to a heroin junkie's room and you steal steal his needles and heroin, he's gonna be pretty pissed at yeah, you. I I know. If you ask him now. I don't know if he I, I I don't know if he owns a PC or a console now, but I'm pretty sure he doesn't, and it's because he's kind of come to grips with the fact that he gets a little too obsessive with certain games. So he's uh, so he's not played games in a long time. It's too bad because I do like playing games with friends. Like that's always been enjoyable for me. Like if you play a multiplayer game or co-op game or whatever, online with buddies, that's always fun for me. Um, but uh. Here's what oh so check this out so the new consoles are coming out the Xbox yes whatever that they're calling them the new Xbox and Let, let's let's get the I I I vote we both get a PS5 no I'll tell you why it's not going to happen well I, I still vote that but you you can you can say no but that's okay, my vote well I'm going to tell you why it's not going to happen is because I'm going to buy the Xbox um whatever the 
whatever the $600 or $500 version of the new Xbox is, I'm going to buy myself one of those. And uh, I've already told my nephew I was going to buy his Xbox too. The quandary I have is, am I going to buy... Mucho dinero. Yeah, am I going to buy him the same one or am I going to buy him the $300 cheaper version of it? The difference of the... You get him the $300 cheaper one. That's what you well, do. Well, the bigger differences are... The smaller one does not take the discs. It's all completely digital, so you got to download all the games. That's number one. Number two. Uh, okay. Number two, the frame rate on a on a like a high higher res TV is a little bit. It's not as good. So like on a on a 4K TV, it loses a little bit of its um graphic graphics. But I don't think they own a 4K TV, so it doesn't really matter for them for him. Armando, I know how to say that. Demasadio dinero para Sony. What? Demasadio oh. dinero para Sony. Demasiado, demasiado, demasiado. De demasiado, yeah. Demasiado dinero para una persona. Sure. A lot of money. No, no, par para Sony. You're giving Sony too much money if you get them. Well, I'm not going Sony. I'm going Microsoft. Oh, that's why it didn't make sense. Fuck. I got I got two. Yeah. De demasiado dinero para Microsoft. Yeah, so. That makes more so, sense. I understand why you didn't understand. I got two. I was trying to remember demasiado. The, there's, you know how, you know, Xbox and PlayStation have had um, console exclusive titles? Yes. There have been very few PlayStation exclusive titles that have made me be like, God damn it, I wish I had a PlayStation. That's are you kidding? So okay, let me let me just I, I got a PlayStation 4 and it just, just I don't know why. Like I hadn't played a console literally since we were um I think a couple years after leaving Whittier. Um uh, and, and that was just that same Xbox that we would play in Whittier. <laughs> like I don't I, I don't know what happened to it. Um and and I for whatever reason I was like, you know what? I, I, I might just get a PlayStation 4. I bet you can get them super cheap now. Uh and I grabbed the one and it was like Really good. I mean, not, not not that there's there's you know silver linings to, to this pandemic exactly, but when it hit, I'm like, yo, I've got this PlayStation. But the when I looked at should I get an Xbox or PlayStation, the reason I went with PlayStation was because there were so many exclusive titles, and I'm like, oh, I want to play that, and I want to play that, and I want to play that, and they're all exclusive to PlayStation. So, so again, to you. I got to say that the only real game that has like, God damn it, I wish it was on Xbox, that a PlayStation has released exclusive for the PlayStation has been that, um, I guess now it's a franchise, the, uh, what the fuck is it called? The one with the not quite zombies, um, Last, Last of, of Us? Us. That's the only title that was like, oh shit, I wish I had a fucking PlayStation. God of War? Eh, nah. God of War is excellent. It was good. It was fun. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed like God of War one through three on uh, PlayStation one through two. Oh no, the 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 God of War like the the I guess it would be four. It, it's just not even comparable to the others. Because I, I played that I played that God of War. That was the second game I played, and it was so incredible. I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna try to go back and play God of War three. And I started playing it. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Like, and I didn't even I I played it for like probably. Five minutes, and I'm like, no, I'm good. Yeah, so that, that's where you and I differ is that uh, I prefer, I don't, I, I enjoy RPGs, but they, 
just you know they suck me in and I get annoyed with that factor but I I enjoy like first person you know I can play it for 10 minutes an hour four hours however little or long as I want so I can put it down right um, and and so that's why I like Overwatch I don't like all those Call of Duty games because they they seem a little too repetitive to me um well the other part that I the problem I have is like when it's a first person shooter and it's not like zombies or aliens, I'm like, yo, I'm like, oh, I love zombies though. But no, no, no. Listen, to what I'm saying when it's a first person shooter and it's not oh, zombies gotcha. or aliens, I'm like, yo, I'm like just killing actual people. Mm-hmm. I like it, it took Chad Mendes in his freezer for me to be, like, oh, okay, I understand the hunting now. But the, and and that's the thing, the game I'm playing right now, it, it it's it is a first person shooter. Uh, with with some RPG elements worked in, uh, and it's called Far Cry Four. It's set in a, a fictitious country in the five? Himalayas. Isn't there? There there is, but I'm playing Far Cry Four. Oh okay okay. Um, and it's it's basically Peru. It's like gorgeous game, like amazing scenery, like the landscape is crazy. But I'm like, yo, I've just killed a lot of real human beings. Like, <laughs> I don't am am I the bad guy in this game? Because I. I don't feel good about what I've done so far. <laughs> like, I, like I see, I get the little objective thing, and I get on to go on to the next mission. But like, I just murdered like fifty people a second ago. Like that. Like, sure, maybe they were flawed human beings, but it doesn't feel right. Yeah, it's just me, I guess. Yeah. Were you ever a fan of the uh, of the like the Grand Theft Auto games? No. No. I did have get Grand Theft Auto three for like. I think it was PS1, maybe it was PS2. And I remember playing like a couple of the Grand Theft Auto's releases after that. But uh it's just too much it's it seems like almost a little too much game. Like I want to be able to to beat the game but still have stuff to do after the fact. Like I don't want there to be like so much game where like you're never done with it. Like there's always like they always do add-ons or like a uh, bonus whatever chapters bonus missions and all this yeah. shit and it's like am i ever done with this fucking game where they just give me more shit to do to pay for it like i don't i don't like i don't like that um the, can, can you play the witcher 3 on xbox or xbox? i think so i i've heard good things about the witcher franchises but again it's it's like it's like a, it's like a uh, again the, the the witcher 3 is just a completely different game but, head and shoulders better than the but other it one is, don't get me uh correct correct me if i'm wrong it's like a one it's like a first player one player storyline kind of thing right like you're playing through a story more or less yeah and there's a lot of side quests and things like that it is it's an rpg okay. um but it like the story so so that was that was the thing like the way i was looking at playstation is not I want to play games. I'm like I want I want to to experience stories, and I've been you know I've read some books recently. I've watched some movies. I just want a different medium to experience these stories. So like I was like, which console has the games with the best stories? Mm-hmm. And and it was just PlayStation. Oh, excuse me, just just Head and Shoulders had the be- the games with the best stories. Um, so that's what I ended up I ended up getting. When it, when it comes to RPGs, I like being able to play with a buddy. If it's if it's doable, if it's possible, and the reason I gotta tell you, the reason how that whole thing started with me is I was in junior high or maybe high school. Don't quite remember exactly when this game came out, 
But I had a friend that had an SNES. I didn't have the Super Nintendo. I, I didn't. I had regular Nintendo. <laughs> he, he had the better one. But he'd invite me over, and we were playing this multiplayer, single console multiplayer RPG. Back then, it was like it's revolutionary of its kind, right? You can actually play up to three players in this RPG, if I'm not mistaken. It was Se- Secret mm-hmm. of Mana. And um, I remember playing that with him, and it was a, it was a, it had a good story, cheesy graphics, but it was a pretty fun RPG to play, especially with a buddy. And the cool thing about it was like, so there's three characters, and it didn't mm-hmm. matter which character you controlled. Like, if your buddy was controlling one character, you control the second character. Either one of you can switch to the third character like whenever during the middle of the game and continue and then you could like continue to swap characters mid mid game and mm-hmm. that made it fun and then there was that RPG element like your guys' weapons leveled up your character leveled up and there was all these little cool fucking features about it that made it fun to 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 me the big difference between um RPGs and and, and story-based games from you know the time of like secret secret of mana or even I don't remember what what version of uh Final Fantasy Baron was playing, but like now, the the stories, some of the stories are just absolutely excellent. And then on top of that, you just have incredible voice acting performances. So, like w- 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 when I was playing, like they had just started, you know, kind of getting voice acting, mm-hmm. and most of the performances were passable, but they weren't great. Yeah. But like now, like some of these performances, like holy, like that was just like top notch work. Like it, it. it it, you know they capture you, you draw you in, and you don't. For me, I don't. I don't need that. You know, extra stimulus from another person as much because it's like I can watch a movie by myself. Yeah. It's fine, and that's kind of how I how I relate to these games. You know what game did a good job of it without voice acting, but had a. I think a, a great. I think the reason it's so successful is the story. The plot was uh, Final Fantasy VII. So much so that they remade that fucking game like a year ago with like extra graphics, extra features. And I, all I that saw shit. that. Um, oh, I was I was looking for RPGs to play, and I just I, I had <laughs> I have such a negative connotation of Final Fantasy because of everything we were talking about back in college. And I was like, no, nope, fuck played, it, skipping okay, it. So like to to give you perspective, I played Final Fantasy seven, eight, I think nine, I think ten. Maybe 11, and now there's 15. I didn't play like 12 through 15, right? I just didn't, whatever. I, I, I stopped somewhere after 10 or 11, somewhere in thereabouts. But of the four or five games of Final Fantasy that I didn't play, that I did play, seven had the most um, drawing uh, storyline. They just did a good job of it. It didn't have any voice acting in it. It was just a, a, a well-executed storyline, with the, all the RPG elements, um, you had to grind a little bit, but not too much, to advance to the next storyline plot thing. I do have to tell you, I've I've watched some of the voice acting and some of the stuff from Final Fantasy because that's part part of the way I choose a game is I'll go and watch twenty minutes, thirty minutes of a playthrough, mm-hmm. just to kind of get a feel for it. And when we're talking about storyline and voice acting. Something like the last, like the Last of Us, is just on a whole yeah, no, different that, tier than these these yeah. games. Agreed, agreed. Um, I, I watched I watched that, maybe ten minutes of of Grego playing it when we were in Carlsbad, 
And I was like, fuck, I wish this... That was the, that's been the only game... It was so good. So good. If you want, if, if I do end up getting moving on to a different console, I could like send you my, my old fuck PlayStation yeah. 4 just so you just can play that exactly. game. Exactly. I would love that. I would appreciate that. that. Let me put it this Let me put it this way. That was, that was the, the second... I think that was the second or first or second game I played on Xbox. Maybe it was the... the yeah. I played God of War first and then I played... Um, I played The Last of Us, and so like I was still getting used to the controller, um, particularly particularly shooting. Like shooting wasn't as big of a, uh, a mechanic in God of War, and at that like midway through the game, I was so emotionally invested in the the characters, especially like a lot of the game you're trying to protect and guide this like teenage girl through, uh, you know, this zombie infested, uh, apo- you know, post apocalyptic world. And because of my shitty aiming, I kept having to see her get like just just graphically murdered over and over. And I was getting so much anxiety because because like a lot of these games, I'm like, oh, whatever, you died. It's not a big fucking deal. And like that game, though, like they get you invested in the characters like you, you like you feel for them. And, and I'm just like, I'm like, fuck, like she got killed again because of fucking I can't aim a goddamn shotgun. Like motherfucker, like I was like sweating bullets trying to get through this section like snow's coming down. I'm, you know, there's there's I mean, the sound design's amazing. I'm like freaking out like fucking Ellie got killed by a zombie again. I'm going to have a nervous goddamn Speaking breakdown. Of- the Last Speaking of Us. Speaking of story and why I decided to go with Xbox was because back then I did not have an, I did not have the regular old Xbox, but our brother Ed, uh, Ed Avila had Xbox 360, and I remember going over to to his place and playing. I had a PS2 at the time, and he had the Xbox 360, and I remember seeing him play through parts of like Dead Rising, which is an Xbox Xbox exclusive game. And I also mm-hmm. saw him playing through bits and pieces of Gears of War, which is also an Xbox exclusive title. And the the play of it looked cool enough, but the story again, I was just watching him play the game, so the story drew me in, drove me drew me in as a guy watching my buddy play the game. So that did it for me. I was like Xbox, 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 Xbox 360. I had the I had the 360. Then I I got I got the Elite when those things came out. The Xbox One Elites and you, you know uh, another great. This is another play, play, uh, PlayStation exclusive, and it was j- just in terms of just being purely enjoyable. It, it was one of the just the most fun I've had. Like, like the 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 Last of Us was a great game, but there was all that stress and anxiety, and like I had that feeling of like when you see like a really difficult, challenging movie where you're not like you're like oh that was fun, but a game where I probably just had the most fun playing was called was Uncharted Four. Uncharted. Um, I, didn't and, I have not heard of that one. It, so obviously it's a series. It's the last in the series. It's called Uncharted 4, A, a, a Thief's End. And if we're making um, kind of a movie analogies, and if, if The Last of Us is like a little bit more of a serious drama that has some humor worked in, uh, the Uncharted games are more of just like those like fun action movies that, that um, you know, nothing's too serious you you understand that yeah the, the protagonist probably isn't really gonna die and it's like it's just fun and just a little bit like over the, the top mummy with brendan fraser kind of thing the movies yeah like, yeah actually that that's that's a good tone yeah it's that same sort of tone exactly um 
I mean, and one of the things that's almost comical is there's just these like eight mini, like mini, well, it doesn't have not, they're not cutscenes, but where like you jump to try to grab onto something and like it, it breaks and there's a boulder and he's falling and he has to grab on and he like barely, and, and it, it'll just happen. Like in the middle, you're doing these game mechanics and then it'll just like stop where you can't control it. And the thing that he grabs breaks and he has to like swing and then, then you go back to playing and it, ha- it, it happens enough where it's like almost funny, but it's all, but it's just part of the franchise. Anyhow, do yourself a favor and just watch a playthrough of the first like five minutes of um, that Uncharted game. Uncharted 4? It, it's like watching a fucking movie. Yeah. Uncharted yeah. 4. Remind me, text it to um, me, and I'll, I'll for sure I'll do it. The reason why I I um, was going to bring up video games with you is because I I'd worked through a lot of I think almost all the, the titles that uh, I'd originally wanted to play on PlayStation Four because of the stories. The the one that I the only one that I haven't played right now is um, Red Dead Redemption, and that's because I, I Red Dead Redemption Two. I started playing it, I just wasn't feeling it, so I, I dropped it. Um, and then the game I'm playing right now was not originally on my list. It is called Far Cry 4, um, and it's a first-person shooter. And A, I wanted to know if you had PlayStation 4 because it does have some co-op missions. And I'm like, dude, that would be fun to do, uh, particularly because I'm not very good at shooters now and I fucking need help. <laughs> Well, there's 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 little stages where it like it'll say like on the map. It, it, it it's interesting because it, it's if it, there's a, a story element like much more. All the other I haven't played many first person shooters, but like Halo, there's not really a story exactly. It's like there's aliens and you have to go through the levels and you kill the aliens and then something happens. Like that's kind of it. There there is a story and a plot progression here. There's some RPG elements and you and and uh, you can do some like little side quests and like level up a skill tree and things like that. Um, and like I said, I'm like killing all these these basically like they look like Peruvian people. And I'm like I don't feel good about this right now. But um, and and some of the some of the side quests that you can do are they're these like fortresses and and it says on the thing it's like. It's like you know, difficulty very hard. Either complete more campaign um, missions to make this easier, or get a buddy to even the odds. I'm like, God damn it! I I'm definitely not gonna be able to do Sorry, this by dude. myself. I, I'm I'm probably well. And to be honest, I, it's, I still don't love um, first person shooters, and and I probably won't play any after this. But I'm like, I can probably just make it through the campaign to get to the end of the story. But Another. This was another piece of praise I will give, give for this game. The opening sequence in Far Cry Four also fantastic, and whoever does the voice acting for the the main antagonist, uh, whose name is Pagan Min, is sort of the despotic ruler of this fictional um, Himalayan country. The performance was so good. The only th- the thing that immediately popped up when I when I was watching him do this was Heath Ledger's opening salvo as the joker in in the really? dark night holy shit it, it was i'm not saying he was as good as heath ledger but like when i was like holy fuck this is a really great performance like what what whoever have i seen who's done anything like this i was like oh heath ledger is the joker and i mean definitely i mean because it wasn't just voice acting there was so much he could do with his manners and, and the joker was you know he's he's one of the best antagonists ever, but this this performance reminded me of Damn. that, and I was like, "Fuck!" Like, okay, I'm in. I'm in yeah, Far Cry like Four. I'm gonna, I'm gonna murder some some poor Peruvian people. Let's I go. Like that that sounds good. 
I might have to watch the gameplay of that shit somehow. I'm sure there is. Well, yeah, what? What? Just watch the. I'll, I'll um, I'll text you after this is over. I I just watch. I would say just watch the first ten minutes of The Last of Us, the first ten minutes of Uncharted Four, and the first ten minutes of Far Cry Four. And if and like the, those games, the, the Last of Us is was the first game where I was like I watched. I didn't, it didn't even take me ten minutes. It was like three minutes into it. I'm like fuck. Okay, I want to play. I just gonna buy a system just to play this game. Yeah, I haven't I haven't heard too much of the the titles per se for the next gen consoles, either the PlayStation or the Microsoft console. But um, uh, being that Microsoft has, it seems like Microsoft is sticky in in PlayStation's two hole with no lube as far as the next gen. From my understanding. As far as as far How's as that? the performance of the console, what it's capable of doing, um, really? Because I looked at it and it all kind of looked the same. I've seen a couple little subtle differences. Um, Xbox has the uh, currently has the Xbox Live, where you got to pay like sixty bucks a year to be able to play your online nonsense, whatever, whatever. But you get like free games here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, I hear that that's going to be free going forward. But they're but they're oh, trying okay. to replace that with like a different type of like game pass type of th- thing. Where dang sixty bucks a year would be great. It's ten bucks a month for right. a PlayStation, so twice that. But uh, I hear they're trying to go with free, and I also hear they're trying to go with like a different type of, of game pass. Where you know back back in the day, you could rent video games and play them for a bit, send them back if you don't like it. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like what the feel of this get game pass thing is. But that's not something I'm interested in. Uh, usually I'm the type of guy, like I said earlier, is like I'll find one or two games a year and I'll get addicted to those. So that Game Pass thing does not mm-hmm. seem to like draw my attention. Um, it, it, so so uh, can I tell you, PlayStation has one of those. It's called PlayStation mm-hmm. Now. Um, and I had it for a few months. And the value I got from that was incredible. Um, because the, kind of the way they, they PlayStation formatted it is they usually have like two... Not like kind of like upper tier, like one premier game that's just like like a top tier game that you definitely want to play. One that's that's kind of close behind, and then the rest of it they'll kind of have a catalog. It's it's a little bit harder to find a, a great game, but I played, um, you know, this this is you were binge watching shows. I was playing, uh, so that Uncharted Four, I you know I I played with PlayStation Now, and it's great. You just you're like, oh, this is available. Boom, downloaded the Spider Man game, which was which that game the the Gameplay was amazing. Like out of all the superhero games I've ever seen, it was the first one. I'm like, wow, this completely captures like what it feels like to be Spider-Man, and it's not clunky. And it was just the web swimming mechanics were incredible. It was great, and this story and, the, and especially the side quests left a lot to be mm. desired. But um, that was fun, well worth it. I mean, I didn't pay money for it. Um, and then there is another play, uh, PlayStation exclusive called. Horizon Zero Dawn, which was excellent. It was Horizon Zero Dawn. I think I heard of that one. It it was another RPG, but the like the story. It, I don't think it was the best really in any dynamic. Like the story wasn't nearly as good as like a, a Last of Us or a Witcher, but it was it was a pretty good story. And the gameplay was actually really good. I really enjoyed the gameplay, the graphics. Like the it was. I mean, it's in my my. Like must plays, uh, you know. If I was, if someone was like, "What should I play in PlayStation?" That would be that would be among them. I'm waiting for a good uh, either 
zombie or post-apocalyptic type RPG-ish game for Microsoft. Um, one that came ah, kind of close for a little bit, not quite, was, remember Left 4 Dead? But they made that for both consoles. You don't remember Left 4 Dead? I do not. It was uh, up to... When did uh, that come out? Shoot, the first one came out probably 10 years ago, and then they made the second one a few years well, after that. You got to remember, like I just said, I stopped playing console games in right, 2006. Right, right. So, so they made a they made a Left 4 Dead one, and they made Left 4 Dead two, and Left 4 Dead two is still pumping out extra content, uh, from my understanding. Okay. But basically, it's a it's not split screen. It's a four player multi or it's four player co op. Um, you're basically you're stuck in the map with three other players and you're trying to fight your way through the map and the and and the dynamics of the maps always change the the way the zombies come at you it's not like a game that repeats itself like like there there mm, are okay. there are, there are uh, variable elements to the game um, each character's got different weapons and stuff it's it's a pretty cool kind of uh, four player co op multiplayer co op zombie survival type of game. Um, with a couple little extra twists and turns here and there, um, it was fun. A lot of people still, obviously, I forget when Left 4 Dead 2 came out. It's been out for like I'm 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 guessing six, seven, eight years, and they're still pumping out content for that game now. So obviously, it it tells you how strong that franchise or that game was if people are still playing it now after whatever many years. Um, but I'm waiting for something comparable to it with a little more RPG element. Uh, maybe, um, I don't know. I just I happen to like the, the zombie genre, or the post-apocalyptic genre. Yeah, it sounds like we are we're a little bit. Um, yeah, we're di- a little different in our what we like. Because I, I I enjoy games that are more more story based and the first person shooter. Like I again like even even in this um, Far Cry game, like I'm getting like uh, like a little bit of anxiety where it's like <laughs> fuck, like I can hear these hostages. They're like crying, and I have to save them. And I'm gonna miss this one, you know, this one shot, and then they're gonna hear me, and the hostages are gonna get killed. I'm gonna have to fucking do the whole thing. I die a lot, and, and uh, <laughs> a lot of a lot of hostages get murdered under my watch. Uh, have I'm you ever not, played? Uh, have you ever played board? Have you ever played any of the Borderlands games? I can't remember. Probably not. I, I know I've, I've I've so okay. So so another another shout out to a, a social media channel. There there is a uh, YouTube channel called Girlfriend Reviews that I highly, highly recommend. And the sort of the, the genesis of it was, I guess, was there, there is a, a girlfriend and a, and a boyfriend who the the boyfriend is like a huge, huge gamer, like big part of his life. Uh, one, one of the things that I, I remember that was funny, one of, like, one of their interactions was, was, was she was, uh, she learned enough, enough, uh, game lingo where she called him a dirty camper <laughs> and a camper is like someone like in a first person you know multiplayer game it's someone that will just camp Stay at one, one spot. spot because yeah. they know people yeah people are going to spawn there or like a, a gun that people want spawn there and they'll just stay there hiding shooting people and he and he just goes he's like i'm not a dirty camper i'm the one you send to kill the dirty camper what <laughs> um but but basically the whole conceit of this channel is it's it's game reviews but not from the perspective of the gamer it's from the perspective of the, of the girlfriend who has to to sit there on the couch and watch the boyfriend play gotcha. the game 
And they're very funny. They're like highly meme based. They're just they're, even if you don't play the games, just the reviews are hilarious. Um, but I can't remember. I know. I know. I played. Uh, I, I can't remember if I ever played a Borderlands. I know I played a. Um, uh, what's what's the other one that's kind of like Borderlands? It's post-apocalyptic. Fallout. It's, uh, Fallout. Yeah, I, I didn't play. I played. That. A, I played a Fallout on my I PC. I didn't play that one. Um, but like, yeah, I just don't like those type of games that much. Yeah, it's 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 uh you know. It's uh those are acquired tastes. The one thing that I don't like about Borderlands is that like say you got a weapon, your weapon doesn't really level up, you just find a better weapon. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like all the progress you made in this cool weapon you really enjoyed using whatever, guess what? You find a better weapon eventually. So just throw away the one you had before. It just it doesn't there's no building, there's no like uh you know, prog- progression. Yes, that 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 the, the boyfriend stealing the best weapons was one of the the uh, running jokes in the review of Borderlands Three that yeah. they did. Yeah, it's all it's all you do. You just kill someone or stealing somebody's other cool weapon, cool thing. Um, I happen to like things where like, like for a while I was stuck on uh, uh, Destiny, Destiny Part One, not Part Two. Part One pissed me off so much that I didn't even I decided not to even get Part Two. What I liked about part one was like whatever weapon you found or whatever. I don't know what that is either. You like if you if you got a weapon, you you it was an accomplishment. It was accomplishment to get this new cool weapon, and you could level the fucking weapon up, and you could level it up so much. But eventually, with Destiny One, where they did is like where at a certain point your weapon could no longer level up, level up anymore. So to get the next better weapon, you had to basically throw away all the progress you you had with the first game or the first weapon. Um, so that kind of frustrated it, me because is this it, it, okay? I see it's like a first person shooter, but is it RPG style or is it just it's more, more open like open world? Uh, um, uh, yeah, there's RPG ish elements to it, but it's more open world first person shooter, and they also happen to have like a player versus player, like a multiplayer element to it. Are, are are you okay? So it's, so it's it's is it more PV PVP in the open world or the PvE? game itself? The game itself was probably seventy five percent PVP. I'm sorry, PVE. Player versus and environment. Twenty five percent of it was PVP. If you chose to, you could still progress through the game with player versus pussies. Sure. Got it. Um, you could still progress through the game without actually having to ever play against other players. Like if you wanted to play just against the open world environment mm-hmm. you can do so and your guy can yes. level up all the way Got your it. weapons could level up all the way but um so, so so that's kind of one of the games that i was thinking about playing it, it sounds like it's basically the same as destiny it's just instead of uh being like a science fiction it's more more of like a fantasy which there's kind of two sides of the same coin it was elder scrolls online mm. which is also a first person i played skyrim which was probably the the, the next closest to uh, Elder Scrolls, but that was mm-hmm. yeah, but that was franchise. like that was also another game that was like probably a little bit too big for me. That was like frustrated because it was too big. I couldn't ever really beat the fucking game. You, you just couldn't take it all all, yeah. all at once. You I gotta, just couldn't. Just, just you had to take a little bit of it little at little a time, and, and then you just get a little bit deeper in and a little bit deeper in, and you're like, oh, I don't, I don't even know if I can get out yeah. of this now. It was all up in me. What? <laughs> What do you mean he was up in you? Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> don't, Amanda, don't make this weird. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <Come me. on. laughs> so yeah, 
What I was just, I was just talking about getting immersed in in uh, gaming, and then you 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 just took some weird slant. Like, come on. Um, but yeah, I am uh, I am gonna. I'm sorry. I'm I hate to break your heart. I'm gonna get the. Uh, you can't. You're not Roxanne Metafari. I'm not. My, I'm gonna get the Microsoft version of whatever the hell the next gen console is gonna be. My gamer tag has always been the same one. It'll continue to be the same one. Sorry, you can't steal it, suckas. Uh, and uh, yeah. What is your gamer tag? I, I I can't remember because it's different than your mug name. It's what is easy. your gamer tag? It's Z three three R O H. It's basically it's it's zero. Okay. It's zero, phonetically. Yeah. But I use thirty three because that was my like. Uh, my number in sports. Well, unlike you, I, I'm going to wait and see how things pan out on the two different consoles, and then I will buy one when someone is selling it used. Oh, as I'm going to have them both on November 10th. I just got to figure out what what, what I'm going to get my nephew. Am I going to get him? Am I going to get him the same one I got, or am I going to get him the all digital? Ho- holy shit! Are are they coming out November 10th? Yes. They're taking. Okay, they're okay. taking. Let's, they're taking is, pre-orders. You can take. You can make a pre-order payment like as soon as September twenty something for the Xbox. I don't know about the PlayStation one. I don't even know if the PlayStation one has released its price points yet. But I do know that the Xbox is like five hundred and three hundred something like that for five hundred bucks for the better one, three hundred bucks for the all digital one, with a li- little bit less graphics capabilities. I, I we're 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 definitely at the tail end of the, the, this podcast. Um, we can probably wrap it up and, and continue this talk off air, but I think I think whether or not we're completely ready, there's some timely events that are happening um, where it might be worth it getting trying to get a guest on, regardless if like we're we're quote unquote ready. You know, it, we 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 might be a little bit closer to. Uh, to whatever the fuck all terrible team alpha male podcast was <laughs> than, than uh, like a like a nice and you know po- we're not we're def- we're definitely closer to team alpha male than we are to like that serial c- podcast but from NPR that was fucking heavily sound edited and scripted and all the other shit but sometimes you can't wait until things are perfect you just got to do it and you learn and you get better and you get a little bit closer to being ready just by doing and because there's some big timely events. Uh, one, I didn't realize that the new, the next gen uh, consoles are coming out, and so it might be cool to, to make take a, a broader conversation. And I, I don't know. I'm, I feel like you might know some some bigger gamers than I do. Um, I don't. But having uh, the only having, two that come to mind are Greg and Christian. Like I don't. That's it, really. Well, there you go. Um, and then the the other. God, it might. It also might be Christian. I, I don't know. It, it I would. It would be interesting um, to get someone on who who is a little bit more politically uh, minded, because at some point I, th- I think we should have a, a, a election podcast. Okay, sure. And the, the the tough thing is if we had someone on like I don't know who this would be. Like someone who who you'd have. Is maybe a little bit more of an independent voter. I like dealing with people who are just firmly entrenched in the 
Democratic or Republican Party, and they're kind of do like the flag waving, like I'm on the blue team. I'm the red I think team. it'd be a clusterfuck like, either way, but I would enjoy to sit it and then hear, listen all all the different angles and perspectives either way. I can tell you one guy that's probably f- pretty far left, it, it, surprisingly to me, uh, Aaron Ellis is pretty far left. Um, there's a couple other guys that are probably pretty far left, as, as in addition to Aaron, pretty far right of our friends. I don't think any of our contemporaries are pretty far right. I think most of them are kind of leaning towards the left. Um, it'd be it'd be hard to find like a centrist. I think. I don't know. But yeah, we could talk about that off air. Well, yeah. The other the other tough thing is even if you are centrist, you you come off sounding far left because, I, like I I don't really I don't identify as a a Democrat. Like I wouldn't. I don't. Well, there's a lot of things in the Democratic Party I don't like, but I'm also practical and a realist. And it's like you you come off sound if you're just like honest about what's going on and you're not bought into some party rhetoric. You just come off very negative about re- the Republican Party and Trump in particular. Because I'm like, well, they're doing a lot of really bad shit. Like you can't just ignore that and be like, oh yeah, well. Let's both sides this, and uh, they did some good stuff, and some. It's like no, like like ninety nine percent of what they did was fucking dumpster fire, and then there was like a couple good things they did. Like literally in four, three and a half years, I can remember two good things. I'm like, okay, that was a good job. I give you golf clap for that. Good job. You want a pat on your head? Oh no, I fucked up your weird hair piece. Okay, I won't touch your hair. I'm sorry. (laughs) Spray on hair. I, I I think I think what we're getting at. Is uh let, let me let me let me let me wrap this this up. I'll, I'm gonna I'll probably reference this again. Um, we're, we're you know th- this was another meandering episode. There we actually did work through the whole outline that we set up, with, and sweet, which 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 is fine. I I I think I agree with you. It would definitely be better to to be more polished and a little little bit more comfortable before we had guests, but. Um, they're, they're they're like the first vlogger I think in the history of the internet was a guy named Zay Frank. He's still arguably the best one to ever do it. He started doing v- vlogs before YouTube was even a thing. He just got his own website and was putting them up there. And one of the videos that he made that always stuck with me was called Brain Crack. And the 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 idea of Brain Crack is that ideas can become like crack for people. It's like, oh, I've got this good idea. I've got to hold on to it. And you can sit there and obsess about how when you when you do this idea, it's going to be amazing. But, oh, I don't quite have the right computer software to do it. Or I have to, you know, get this other thing to make it better. And, oh, I'm not quite good enough on the mic to, to do what I want. And it's like you, you, keep, you keep this idea in your head but you don't ever execute it and it never it never gets done and it just grows into brain crack and and you ne- you have this great idea but nothing to show for it but at least you've got that brain crack that was the the general gist of the uh of the episode and that was that was his thing he's like fucking don't don't wait when you get an idea just get that shit out there execute the idea and then the next time when you do it you'll be that much better and that much more experienced and that's that's all to say that um, uh, I, I think we're we're definitely getting better mm-hmm. as podcasters. 
Um, we're, uh, we're improving in a lot of measurable and tangible ways. Are we as polished as I would like to be to have guests? Probably not. <laughs> Fuck it. Let's let's not have brain crack about what we would do when we do have guests because uh, next gen consoles and huge monumental elections wait for no man um, except for Trump if somehow he, he manages to pull that shit off. Oh, like he's, he's talking win. about. Uh, and well, he's trying to delay the election. That's a whole different conversation. But we might we might not we not you know, not have that that luxury and we might just have to get that idea of, of having a guest on and fucking execute it like Trump wanted to execute a uh, foreign leader that's a story that just broke in in the last two days anyhow <laughs> um, on that note we can talk about all that all that shit in a future episode and let's 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 uh, brainstorm for a minute once once we get off and get that shit ready because like I said, we're getting we're getting uh, better as podcasters, but there are much better episodes yet to come. See, si. disfruta nuestra podcast. I don't know if there's a word for that in Spanish yet. Maybe there is it. Podcast, podcast. <laughs> Bien, vámonos or vamos. All right, bye guys. See ya. Hey everyone, Mondo here. I just want to take the time to say on behalf of myself and Aaron that we appreciate everyone who's taken the time to listen to our podcast. We know there's hundreds of thousands of podcasts to choose from, but you took some time out of your day to listen to us ramble on. Please share our podcast, like and subscribe, follow us on all our social media platforms and all that jazz. Whether you love us, hate us, agree with our opinions or disagree, we still love you. 